where we're at right now is, well, don't really know, do we? The party got recruited by a lady named Martella Lothied to do a couple of tasks at the Taldor's annual Exaltation Day Gala. They were going to vote to overturn male-only primogeniture. And that vote passed, thanks in some part to the party's work. And as the festivities concluded, the Grand Prince Stavian himself, this beautiful man, currently present on the screen before you, if you're watching on Twitch, came up to give his closing remarks. That turned violent very, very quickly and without warning as the entirety of the Senate Hall just became a killing field with assassins scattered everywhere. And just as their lives were threatened, the party saw a flash of blue light and suddenly, without warning or reason, appeared here. They took a brief moment to explore their surroundings before realizing they're trapped inexplicably in this small circuit of four rooms, each of which only connects to its brothers. And, uh, Ancha, you weren't here last session, but I'm going to take the assumption that you may want to cast one or two things as we get going here. My friendly wizard. Currently, your only source of uh, source of mobile light, rather, is Anoria's cast light on herself. But you did find a light switch. There appear to be a couple of them scattered throughout the rooms. And you found ones that have activated the lights in both of these two northernmost rooms. So those are well lit. But the southern rooms are still dark. I probably cast light on myself right That's now. Kinda, yeah. I kind of figured that was that was at least going to happen. It's not necessarily panic mage armor time, but perhaps the second source of light going is not a bad decision. So I'll go ahead and throw that on. So party. Yeah, I was wondering for a second why things looked weird, and I'm like, oh, light sources. Right, because yeah, you're only seeing uh, from the lights coming from these two rooms and Inori's light at the moment. Now it should look perfectly normal for you. Yes. Now it makes sense. So, a quick recap on the four rooms. You arrived in the southwestern bottom left room, which was just a small... Well, no, I guess none of them. They're all kind of equally sized. But a uh, quarters of sorts. There were a line of cots against the wall and an equal row of lockers in the top right corner. You went east to find a large storage room in the southeast. The northeastern room was a much more furnished suite with a four-posted bed, overstuffed chair, and uh, about half a library's worth of bookshelves ringed around the room. Its own personal bathroom. About as much as you can... About as much resplendence as you can imagine in a tiny, inescapable chamber such as this. And here appears to be a bar and a serving area. You haven't taken much time to really explore or look around the areas or investigate much, but the one thing you've noticed so far out of the ordinary was a cabinet 
in this room against the wall. There are quite a few of them, most of them damaged and open. One of them untouched by time and locked with a large heavy padlock and Nell had tried to take one, swing at it with his sword and it just bounced off like it was made of steel. So not a whole lot of progress made on that front. What do you want to do? I uh, detect magic on that. It will absolutely radiate a moderate aura of abjuration. And more interestingly, you detect a moderate aura of divination inside the cabinet. And both the cabinet and the lock itself radiate that abjuration. So yeah, definitely magically protected. I'm sorry, it's transmutation, not abjuration. But yeah, same. Yeah. Same thing you would, same conclusion you like, would come like, to, I imagine. Same sort of thing. It, yeah. Spell schools, I, I lose, I get wrong on those all the time. I always give up my best guess and then so I can just have an answer and then look it up and hope I was there right. Is. I'm right like 80% of the time. Yeah, they're a little weird sometimes. But it is transmutation. So the rest of you see uh, Belor cast this simple spell over towards the cabinet before he tells the rest of you that's that's protected. I mean, may as well, while I've got it out, kind of give it a swing around in this room. So you if... briefly pass the tech magic around this room, uh, trying to find... Well, really anything useful. You do pick up a few signatures. Behind the bar, uh, inside a drawer or a cabinet, are two small marks of magic, uh, both conjuration. Very uh, minor weak R's of conjuration. And as you swing it over Dara... You detect a magical signature in his bag. I believe that's the only magical item that any of you possess personally right now, other than your own spellbook, which I'm pretty sure spellbooks have a faint aura. Because I think they are themselves inherently magical. Wouldn't Inori's have one too then? Inori's what? Spellbook. Spellbook. Oh yeah, Inori's spellbook as well. I forgot magis are spellbook casters also. Yeah. Those potions that we got earlier wouldn't be magical, would they? I don't know if potions actually give off a magical art to detect magic. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna say that they don't. The, the unguent of timelessness, maybe, but not the universal solvent, I wouldn't think. Oh, yeah, the unguent as well. I forgot you guys have that. So that that you and Nell both have would also, of course, be a faint transmutation aura. Hey, Dara. Yes. You've got that stuff you stole earlier, right? I believe so, yes. i take a look at it. Of course. I'll, uh, I'll hand you all the stuff. So you my stole... I got, uh, the... I have it on my sheet. The knife, the okay. fan, and, uh, a mirror thingy. What was it? Additional. A spyglass fan and a dagger. So I'll, right. I'll hand all three to you. So as you take a moment to actually get to look at these now, I've <coughs> just 
shuffling them into your bag as quickly as possible so nobody notices. Yeah. Uh, you notice that the fan is a very elaborate silk creation that's surely worth some money. As is the spyglass, trimmed and fitted with gold and platinum rings and engravings along its entire length. Uh, both these are very valuable artifacts, uh, surely. But the magical signature is coming from the dagger. Well, let's see if I can figure that out. With an 11 on a spellcraft check, you're unsure. But it clearly possesses some sort of magic. And even looking the thing over, and it's a very ornate, uh, almost appears that it wasn't really designed necessarily with combat or defense in mind uh, with an almost too elegantly curved clearly silver blade uh, that bends back in a little too far in its backside the pommel is set with a small ruby ruby and inlaid and wound around with silver and stamped with some crest or family mark that you don't immediately recognize Anything helpful? Well, that dagger is magical, but exactly what it does, I'm unsure of. You want me to take a look? Be my guest. With a 23, Zanori casts the tech magic on it as well and turns it over in her hand. You realize that this, regardless of its design intention, is in fact a plus one silver dagger that could come in handy if it's needed. All right. Uh, well, thank you very much. Well, he didn't tell you that necessarily. Oh, she knows yeah, that. Yeah. I'm assuming she will, but again, yeah, you guys barely know each other. You guys just kind of hey, me and her work together. I'd like to think very well, briefly because you were hired to a job. I mean, her work together. I'd like to think we're friends now. At the moment, I'm going to err on the side of assuming that if you don't tell the party something, you're not telling them something. Yeah. Yeah, if I wasn't going to, I would come out and say, I'm not telling them shit. No, I, I would share okay. that. And I'd probably hand the dagger to him and explain to everybody what it is. Yeah, I just want to be safe. For, at the, for the moment, while you're not super familiar with each other, I don't want to assume everyone's sharing information. They might, for whatever reason, not be. Okay. Said the other auras were on something behind the counter? Yes. And as you follow that signature with your own Detect Magic back, you find a small drawer. And inside that drawer is what is unmistakably a wand, uh, just a thin willow rod that's radiating that uh, faint aura of conjuration, as well as what appears to be a very plain and basic spoon, but a magical spoon. That is very interesting. A magical oh. spoon? Go check out this spoon. I'm sure it looks weird to everyone else that I'm checking out a spoon. Uh, unsurprisingly, you are more curious about the spoon. And as you turn it over, you can tell if the conjuration aura on this spoon is tied to uh, a summon. Uh, not a hostile summon, but summoning food. 
if you were to place this spoon into a large enough cup or a bowl, the container would fill with gruel, basically. Uh, the enchantment doesn't seem to have a whole lot of effort put into making the gruel taste good or be palatable, but it would be highly nutritious, uh, more than enough to sustain normal people. Uh, you can tell there's a limit to the spoon's magic, but it seems like alone this could support the four of you for an indefinite amount of time. But not much more than that, if oh, any. Oh, hell no. We better not be trapped here that long. I ain't looking to eat gruel every day. <laughs> and I doubt Nella's a bit very interested in that either. And then oh, absolutely. look at the wand. Uh, you're not positive what the wand is. Inori, I seem to be having some trouble. Could you perhaps look at this as well? You need a lady's touch, do you? looking over the wand with the 24 can tell this serves a similar function. Uh, this is a wand of create food and water with 14 charges left. Clearly this area was stocked and prepared for people to survive here for some time. Seems helpful. Possibly a safe room of sorts? Possibly. That's what I, was I mean, thinking. it seems cut off and stocked, so... Not very helpful for getting out, though. Well, at least it means we won't starve if we're stuck here for a little while. Yeah. That's definitely one thing. On the bright side, if you're stuck here forever, at least you won't die of starvation. Yeah, it seems... First, eventually, maybe. Almost a charges on that. contingency plan for some kind of doomsday scenario. Well, is that not sort of what happened yeah i think we have achieved doomsday yeah but why are we here i didn't buy a ticket to this that is a good question oh i totally forgot you guys uh of course i was just looking to make sure i miss anything under detect magic of course your senate aid badges that let you telepathically connect with martello would also oh, yeah. signature we know about those i just want i just want to be thorough they're yeah. not like off there i'll uh i'll fit the dagger in my belt for now as, oh, uh, uh, something while we have those use. yeah while we have those items out uh does anyone care if i take a look at them not at all after we got out of here i planned on selling them so uh we could all make it a little extra so i'm just gonna roll a couple of appraise checks at the uh two non-magical items okay so we're all give me one for the fan first uh, the fan's clearly well-made, ornate. You figure you can sell it for about 300 gold. All right. Nice. And Very much a luxury. Looking glass. And with a 23 on the looking glass, just the materials alone on this would be worth several hundred gold uh, with whatever historical significance it had, as well as just how finely crafted it is. Easily 1,200. Not bad. 
1500 gold worth of magical or not non-magical items that you took from the museum display you can just appraise magical items as well right uh you can but you will appraise them I non-magically as if they were non-magical yeah i think, I think you part need of, I think, unlocks i think part of identifying it magically is telling you about, is what it's worth but uh if you you'll appraise it non-magically, if you appraise it and have somebody identify it like the spoon, then you can get about what it's worth. Okay. Okay. Well, so based appraise on... it, and then we have it identified. So yeah. Yeah. So you would get you would be able to you can appraise the spoon. Uh, another twenty on the appraise check. That's some hot there. <laughs> uh, this the fact that although it how much it can support day to day is limited, the fact that the magic in the spoon seems to be infinite. It could support the four of you forever. That's a fairly powerful item. Uh, market price, 5,400 gold. <laughs> That's wow. like, wow. I was not expecting that. That yeah. is a spoon right there. An That's... infinite supply of nutrition for four people. Pretty good. Pretty it is literally just a better version of the create food and water wand, but the wand, of course, will give you water, whereas you'll just get gruel from the spoon. Gruel. That's got wet stuff in it. Yeah, I don't believe there's anything water. else it's I need to food. check, is there? Uh, you can check the dagger. Yeah. Let's see what the dagger's worth. The dagger, just based on raw materials alone, is valuable. Yeah, yeah as you turn Silver the dagger over... Uh, you've, you've really no idea of the significance of the thing and what that might be worth. But what you do know is that this is a silver blade. It is forged of alchemical silver, not just basic steel. So for that alone, it'd be worth around 20 gold, uh, plus the magical enhancement. That's going to be the vast majority of the thing. Uh, the craftsmanship of the dagger itself is no more than your standard masterwork. So you're pretty much going to get out of it what you're going to get for a plus one weapon. It's worth about, what is it, 4K for a plus one? 2K, I thought. Two. Is it 2K? Oh, yeah, 2K and 1K yeah. for armor. Okay. I was thinking one was double the other and one was 2K. And, uh, but that's the double dose. So, yeah, 2,000 gold. 2000 I'll take 4K for it. No. <laughs> Just take like 1K for it. The market value is 2,000. <laughs> Yeah. Not bad. Alright. Um, I suppose we should probably try to find a way out of Yeah. Absolutely. Search the other rooms more thoroughly. We have. Uh, I suppose we could start, like, checking the walls and whatnot. Speak up a bit when you're doing your character voice. Because if you, if you don't think about it, you... you... Talk super quiet when you're doing your character voice. I like your character voice. Just make it a little louder. Mm -hmm. Oh, after him. So Bellor heads down back to the southwestern room where you had arrived. And as you take a little bit longer to look around this room, you would notice that the, uh, the door Dara had stumbled into earlier down below simply leads into another attached bathroom uh, just like the suite in the northeast does nothing out of the ordinary and as you look around and 
check through under the beds, through the lockers, just doing your general search of the room. The four of you spend about ten minutes searching the area, seeing what you can find, uh, recasting your light spells as they fade. The only thing you really find is a simple grooming kit with a moth-eaten change of clothes that's been here as long as anything else and a basic hand mirror in one of the lockers. Uh, none of the lockers are still are locked or sealed. They can all be opened fairly easily and the rest of the eight of them are empty. Impressively, the plumbing in the bathroom still functions. Yeah. Continue on then. Yeah. Heading back into the attached storage chamber, this is a room that is well, it's very full of assorted crates and boxes, and it would take you some time to properly look through all of it. Uh, we're looking on a scale of hours rather than minutes if you wanted to search through each of the crates, but popping open a couple of them and just looking to see what you find. Everything appears to be mundane. Uh, changes of clothes, pickled meats and vegetables and other preserved delicacies. Uh, one crate nearly filled with salted meats and some well-stocked basic toolkits. But again, nothing out of the ordinary. Everything you would expect to find in, in the current prevailing theory is some sort of doomsday bunker to keep a small population alive for quite a while. The shelves on the eastern half of the room are filled with dust-coated crockery bottles and glass jars. If not filled with basic pickled goods, then or water, then empty. Just pass a quick detect magic over things, I assume. Probably not going to find much. Uh, as you just kind of swing detect magic across the room, you do actually notice a faint aura of conjuration. Uh, what appears to be just past the southern wall. It's a very small signature. In fact, several signatures that appear to all be piled together. Is it just past the southern wall? Yes. Almost behind it. Like a few inches back behind the wall. I think there may be something with the southern wall. What, what kind of something do you mean? Possibly an opening. I'm not sure. It's definitely things very shortly on the other side of it. Understood. I'll uh, start. Can I start pushing boxes out of the way? Yeah, you could absolutely start moving these boxes. Uh, if you wanted to clear out the southern wall, uh, between the four of you, it'd probably take about ten minutes to move all the stacked boxes out of the way of where he got that aura. All right. So as you all start moving the box away from this wall and start revealing the wall behind it, piece by piece, you start to unveil a beautiful 
fresco that occupies the three spaces of the southern wall here where that ping touches that depicts a man sword held high battling dwarves pouring out of a gigantic range of mountains and as you clear more and more of this you finally reveal a brass plate at the bottom that reads noble galician meramaxis hero of the fourth army of exploration champion of taldor Is this possibly what you meant? Well, it's not what I expected to find, but it certainly is interesting. Indeed. Uh, that name ring any bells to me? That'd be a knowledge history check. With a 14... You wouldn't really know much more than what the fresco tells you there. You know, he was a hero from the Fourth Army of Exploration, and you know that he was responsible in large part for pushing into the Five Kings Mountains, an attempt that was obviously eventually unsuccessful, seeing as that's not part of Taldor. <laughs> that's still Dwarven land. But... He's renowned as a hero, so must have been for something, but you're not sure what. Hmm. Can you put a, a time period on it? Like how long ago that might have been? Uh, we are looking at 3,000 years ago. Okay, so crazy. Yeah, crazy. 20, it has been quite some time. Yeah, like 2,500 to 3,000 years ago. So the 14, you you would probably know that the uh, Fourth Army of Exploration set out in 1683, and the current year is like 48 something. Jesus. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, that was a long time ago. Very long time ago. So, I never remember what though. exactly the current year actually is in uh, in Pathfinder. <laughs> what is a fresco? painting oh okay so that's just a mural yeah it's just a giant mural. mural okay it's very confused i was like so, so look well out. that's great but doesn't really help us get out of here any sooner no it like really does not very closely inspect this wall and you very close that sounds like a perception check to me that sounds like a take 20 on perception to me okay so what does that give you <laughs> That's what I am checking. 26. You very closely inspect this wall. Yeah. Particularly around the area where you detected the magical signatures in the center. And as you inspect it, uh, the 26, it's still almost indistinguishable, even knowing exactly where to look. There is a cutaway in the handle of Merrimax's sword that is a compartment that looks like it can open 
but there's no visible means of how to open it. Uh, there's not so much as a paper-thin crease or hinge for you to stick a sword or anything into to try and pry it apart. And uh, just trying to beat through it, well, it appears to be just as thick as the stone walls of the chamber. In addition to that taking hours, you're far from the proper tools for that, and it might damage whatever it is that's inside. Not saying you can't try. So you don't feel do like whatever you want. Helpful. There is something hidden in here, but personally, I have no idea how to get to it. Suppose we can check the other rooms to see if there is a key or anything like that. Yes, there may be clues elsewhere. Possibly a switch or something. Well, there's light switches, but we don't know much beyond that. Yeah. I want to go poke them somewhere and see what happens. There's one in each room, so... You are free to poke light switches. Yeah, go turn all the lights on. Yeah, I'll poke what light switches in here. Okay, and uh, as you touch the light switch in here, you would notice the chambers to the west flare a light. Now I'm going to poke this light switch. But as you pass in that room, you would notice that also turned off the lights in the bar. I'm still going to poke this one. (laughs) As you touch that one, that would turn the lights back on in the bar. But Baylor and Inori, as it looks like you're heading north, would see the lights turn off in the suite in front of you as Nell moves to touch another switch in a different room. He's just having fun playing with magical light switches. He's just touching the light (laughs) switches. He's he's amazed. He's like, this is awesome. Because it's half magic, half... uh, engineering they have an Some... impressive level of technology when Galarian feels like it yeah some sort of puzzle to it or something so the lack of light doesn't bother you because you two are the ones with the light spells on you of course so you walk back into the suite to try to explore and see what else you can find and immediately as you look around the room uh as you were trying to find an exit, you didn't notice it your first time through, but laying next to a book on the small table here, next to the chair, clearly visible, is an ornate golden key. I'll just take that. The only other items you find uh, throughout the room, of course, there are several shelves worth of just books and oddities, but none of them stand out to you as anything other than well, just books or mundane odds and ends. Uh, many of the books here have decayed as this has been abandoned for clearly a very, very, very long time. To the point where several of the books have rotted out and uh, if you touch any of them, the spines just fall away from the pages in some cases. Um, there's a hand mirror and a frayed hairbrush resting on the sink in the bathroom, but not much else of note. Now, did you want to push the light switch in there? I want to push the light switch. Right. Although you have the your own lights in this room, you would notice the strips on the ceiling 
flared to life here in the suite as Nell presses that switch also. <laughs> there is no rhyme or reason to my bad madness. There is only light. Well, you brought light to their lair. B3 is fully eliminated now. Did so you... I'll go ahead and give you these. Because uh, this is probably easier than trying to refer to them as... I mean, I guess you could use directions, but there's no reason not to just give you the uh, room identifiers here. Uh, I'm going to head I mean... back into this room. So it goes uh, southwest clockwise around to the southeast, B1, B2, B3, B4, if that's easier than directions. Did you find anything interesting in there? I'm going to pull out the key and see if it fits in this lock. Hmm. It does not. Oh, the key is too large for that lock. Maybe it's for the wall. The wall didn't have any visible keyholes. Hmm. Or any sort of means of ingress. Uh, with him taking 20, inspecting the spot, he knew there was something. He could barely even note that it was there. There's no external means to get into that that you can tell. So I guess at this time, I would take a moment to ask the two magical beings of the group. So why is it that these lights work? I'm not super familiar with the mechanics of magic. I don't know how else to phrase that, but I mean that's that's perfect. If Nell doesn't know anything about magic, it's that's how he'd phrase it. He doesn't know. Basically, he's just trying to ask you guys if you know what the hell's with the lights, because he doesn't have a clue. I just gonna coldly no like stare at him and then just move on to more looking around. Nori <laughs> is not a shenanigans. I think more important than how they work, maybe why do they work the way they do? Well, that's part of what I meant. When I press a light switch, I would expect this room to go darker light, but that room goes darker light. Make me a spellcraft check, Baylor. Maybe someone messed up the wiring? Even with an 11, you know it's it's fairly uncommon, but not impossible, uh, especially with a complicated magical system that they can withstand years, decades, uh, often even centuries without issues, but it's possible that whatever spell controls these lights and these panels was linked between all four of them and without being upkept or uh, properly maintained the just general mechanical degradation of the room could have caused the spell to fade somewhat as well so it's now effectively cross-wired especially if it was a weak spell like just light I want to search the bathroom. Okay. Uh, make me a perception check. Mm. 
I'm going to uh, just take 20, so 25, I guess. Okay. So, uh, for the time being, Inori is, uh, since we're kind of split here, you're going to spend the next, like, 10 minutes looking, uh, probably like five minutes even, because it's just, it's a small little room, pawing through what's there in the bathroom, like, literally looking through uh, the various drains and faucets and trying to make sure there's nothing hidden here. And while you're doing that uh, up top, they can continue doing whatever they're doing. And I'll come back to you in a sec with what you got. So the rest of you, up in the bar. I'm going to hit the light switch again. You hit the light switch again, and you watch the light down the hall in the suite once again turn dark. Okay, so I know for sure that this one controls the, the, the suite. B three, yes. You can you can watch that happen. That truly is strange. Would one of you mind seeing what happens around the corner? I will do this. Miller heads down to where he has a view of both of these southern chambers. As Nell hits the button again, but the only change in lighting is again in the suite, in the northeastern corner of B3. Science is complete. Baylor yells back up the hall that nothing has changed in the southern rooms. I'll yell down to him, hit that switch, and let's see what happens. I'll go with B1 at this door, or was it at the other one? It's uh, at the northern door, the one that would be nearest the beds. This right. one and B3 are the ones that have one light switch. The other ones have lights on both sides. So I will hit this one. As you touch that one, you shut off both lights in the northern rooms, plunging Dara and Nell into darkness. Wrong button. It's dark. I will hit it again. And the lights come back on. Thank you. Well, this is interesting, to say the least. Uh, Truly, it is. For simplicity's sake, two controls three, one controls two and three. So, Inori, while you were tossing the bathroom, uh, I'm going to imagine that you bothered to take the grooming kit or the uh, the mirror. Oh, those were in the lock, never mind. As you toss through the uh, the bathroom here, you find beneath the cabinets, uh, the only things of note at all are what appear to be just a scrap of cloth that is a, but well, was once upon a time appears to have just been a perfect square, slightly larger than a hand, uh, and very rough, uh, tucked underneath the whole sink contraption. And in the drain of the bathtub, down a little ways, there is a small glint. <laughs> you could reach it with your arm. It's not like super far down. Nasty. All right. It's worth noting that your time looking through this bathroom, uh, it appears that it's never been used. So there's there's nothing in this drain other than whatever this glinting thing you can see is. Oh, okay, so it's probably not lint then. No. 
like <laughs> glint, glint, like shiny. I thought you said lint. I was like, oh. fucking lint, disgusting. Glint. Come on, put your hand down. Touch the lint. Oh, yeah, going for it. Uh, you reach down and pull up a single, not quite silver coin. Uh, it's around the general size of a normal coin, a uh, normal silver coin, but it appears to be made of a slightly different but similar material. And the engraving on it is not the uh, first emperor of Taldor as it had been. Make me a knowledge geography check. You, ha- you don't have that. So you uh, you don't recognize this coin. Okay. Um, I'll bring it back to the party and uh, show them what I found. As you step out, you can hear uh, Baylor and Nell just shouting up and down the hallway at each other trying to learn things. And you bring this over. <laughs> and uh, do either of you have knowledge geography? I do Asking not. Asking the wizard if he has a knowledge. <laughs> Stupid question. Uh, with a I'll 15... You would just recognize this as an Andoran silver piece. There's nothing out of the ordinary about it. Other than the fact it's Andoran. Andoran. However you would properly say that. But Dara, what's I going on with you up there, buddy? Uh, just thinking. Dara does not understand magic at all. And uh, clearly the lights must mean something. But it is quite beyond him. Possibly less enthusiastic than Nell, but equally as interested in the light switch situation. Yeah, he's do not shouting want... around like, guys, hey, check out these lights, but he's just like, because he do doesn't you want like... to press the button. He will, but he doesn't like looking foolish. As you press the button, Nell, Baylor, and Anori, you would all see the lights in B2 turn off, as all four of you see the lights in B4 turn on. Uh, that wasn't me. Yeah, I'm looking around. Dara, are you touching lights? Uh, yes. Uh, it's yeah. small enough. Any of you shout, you can hear each other. I was just hitting some of the switches. Well, which one did you hit? Uh, the one in the room above this. Huh. It must be something. I'm. I just don't know what. You guys really think that there's something to the goddamn lights? I'm Magic is usually again. used for uh, odd yet very important things. You're saying that to a magus. True. I'm going to go search the other bathroom. <laughs> if you find any silver, you're free to keep it. So this would be almost immediately, because you wouldn't need the full time to uh, take 20 in here. As you enter this bathroom, you would notice that under the, uh, or hanging on the side of the bathtub here, almost under the outer railing, is a bronze pitted scroll case. Ooh, shiny. You you grab it and pull it out from under the bathtub. Uh, do you open the case? Curiosity. have to do it. Inside are only two things. A somewhat tattered piece of paper with a note on it that reads, Fourth bed from the north. Comforter. Backup key. 
Hell yeah. <laughs> that's all, that's all that's in this thing. That just that. Yes, just the note. It appears thorough. to be the Galarian version of the forgot your password button. Nice. What is um, Fourth bed from the north, comforter, backup key. I'm not saying nothing. I'm going right to that bed. <laughs> well, I'm going to furrow my brow. Walk over here. I can see the lights on in all but one room, right? Uh, they're on an all but the bar up in the northeast. Yes, there. Nori rushes past you and over to the green sheeted bed. And as you look at it, surely enough, sewn into the lining of the comforter near the foot of the bed is a much smaller and very simple looking brass key. That you can just you just know knowing it's there you can just find it for free. I'm gonna pick, pick it up and with a big smile on her face look at everybody. Uh huh. Uh huh. Hmm. I'm gonna hit this light switch. I wanted to hit the light switch. <laughs> so <laughs> as you hit the light switch, uh, once again the lights flip as they have previously. Now you would see the lights turn on north in that room. And as you reached it, you would see the lights off in the nearby suite. And I'm assuming you're going to go up there and then press the button there as well to turn yes. the lights on in all four rooms. Success! I can walk around without a wizard now. Yep, you don't need a wizard friend anymore! <laughs> now the lights are on! Step one! Completed! <laughs> as Anori rushes past you with this key, very excited. Alright, so what's Inori have over here? Nori has a key. And based on where Nori went, I'm assuming Inori is sticking the key in the cabinet. I am attempting to open said cabinet with said key, yes. The key fits in, turns, and clicks, unlocking the padlock on the outside of this cabinet. As you open it, do you... I don't know what you were expecting, but there's nothing that can be taken from here. Uh, what is inside looks... Similar to an immobile crystal ball on a solid brass base that is set into the wall that is the back of the cabinet. Notably, it has a slot, a rectangular, but of course curved around with the ball itself, on the top. That appears to be about the size of two fingers. And if uh, it doesn't, uh, that's all. Yes. Ah. What is it? Well, I mean, I don't know. You guys come take a look at this. It did detect as magical before, didn't it? Yes, and it still does. As a moderate art of divination. Let's see if I can take a crack at this one. Uh, with a 21, this is some kind of scrying device. It's attuned to a specific location, but it appears to be unpowered. It's missing something. Interesting. Do you have any way of powering it? Hmm. 
I assume that is what the slot in the top is for. Does my uh, fancy coin fit in the slot? Uh, the, the slot is much bigger than the coin. It's like it's like two fingers wide. So you not could like put the coin, coin in it. I mean, you can put it... the coin in it flat, but it's not going to do anything. No, I'm going to keep my coin. <laughs> well. I'm all just of the lights on are start well, all searching. of the lights are on now, right? All the lights yeah. are on, yes. I'm just gonna start taking twenty and just thoroughly going through each room one by one. Okay. Uh so as you uh, start as you search that that's gonna be three is much bigger in the bathroom. That's gonna take you about at least fifteen minutes to search by yourself. Uh through the various bookshelves and things. What the rest of you want to do? I'm going to look at the mural again now that all the lights are on. Uh, you look at the mural again, it looks the same as it did before. Nothing about the fresco has notably changed. I'll be right back. I mean, I guess... You're looking for in particular? Or are you just hoping all the lights on was going to open the compartment? Yeah, I was just yeah, seeing if turning all the lights on changed anything about the compartment. Unfortunately, no. And it seems to be exactly as it was. Other than slightly, it's significantly more well lit now. It's the lights on. It's so yeah, pretty. I'm like I'm just like one radiant light source coming out of your staff, or your chest, or whatever. You have the proper, basically magical fluorescent lighting in the room, and it's it's much more well lit, but nothing's changed. Inori, what do you want over there? Ah. Uh. To go through the shelves a little bit more closely. Maybe there's something here. All right. And you start pawing through the jars. And uh, again, it looks like it's mostly preserved and pickled vegetables and foods. There are quite a few jars of uh, what appear to be just water. Uh, a lot of supplies. This looks like it's mainly just the long-term food storage. Nothing here stands out as different to you. Mm, okay. Um, Baylor, make me a just a wisdom check. I can do that. I did not do well on that. You're thinking to yourself, but nothing nothing really comes to mind. Dara, maybe one too, because you went down with him to go check the uh, secret compartment. Okay. Uh, so we got a 5 or you got a 16. The fresco seems interesting to you. For more reasons than just there's, an, there's a secret compartment in it. It is very, very detailed and very well made. Uh, this was painted with nearly no expense spared, which is interesting to you because the rest of this bunker, as it may be, uh, seems to have been uh, seems to have been put together with very little thought put to anything other than just surviving. Uh, a lot of money went into commissioning this artwork here and other than just the furnishings up in the suite in B3 
expenses that weren't really spent anywhere else. I am back. Had to take a phone call from work. So, uh, as you look through the room here, you check over the various bookshelves. Uh, like I said, most of them are just decrepit. And, uh, I mean, they're mostly intact. A couple, only a few of them are so poorly maintained or so rotted that they fall apart when touched. But a lot of the books here are still mostly intact, just not doing fantastic. They've been abandoned for hundreds of years. And paper doesn't hold up super well. Uh, but what's held up slightly better are a series of portraits and historical scenes that are faded, of course, in their paints and inks around the wall and space between these various bookshelves. But other than those, you check through the bed, uh, hoping that maybe you find something in the lining of this comforter, perhaps. You get the, it's a 25 is what you get, right? Yes. Yeah, you don't. Uh find anything particular uh, but make me a knowledge history or knowledge nobility i know you have at least one of those i have nobility i also have uh artistry painting if you okay. ever want to reference knowledge... that okay give me knowledge nobility i could like you shaded just as fast to ask you uh, with a 14 uh you do recognize all of these figures and scenes in the paintings uh they are either notable people or historic scenes from Taldor's fourth army of exploration. Okay. Similar to the mural down in B4. So it's safe to make the assumption that this room is very old. They're all very old. <laughs> yes. You can tell that just with the amount of dust on the beds. Like, clearly, I they mean... haven't. Whatever they were built, notwithstanding. They have been untouched for at least a couple centuries. Much so less whenever they were built forgotten. before that. They've been left right. for quite a long time, yes. So what did everyone else do while well, I had to take that phone call? Uh, and we looked at the jars and before didn't really find much. And uh, they did nothing super notable. Okay. Darn, we them. Go ahead. Yeah, we notice this mural is incredibly detailed. But other okay. than that... Nothing. Yeah, haven't found anything else more yeah. about it. I want to look at the rooms between the rooms. Small connecting hallways. Uh, it's not going to take you long to glance them over there solid smooth stone with not even so much as like an end table or a portrait to break them up they're just empty connecting chambers uh, you'll give me both for that like i'll give uh, you all four of them because they all they're okay. all like that there's yeah. nothing there's nothing in any of them they're completely okay. barren i will give this room the same treatment i just gave the other room and ask anyone if they want to help i guess well uh, i had a thought if the lights possibly do matter, then we could try turning them all off. That was how it started when you arrived, for what it's worth. Oh, all four were off? All of them were off when you first came here. Yeah, and I cast light because it was pitch black. Oh, Every room, you, you, you didn't start touching them until you'd been to all four rooms. And the only light source was Anori, uh, your first time going through them. 
I see. So I guess I'll just search the room. Yeah. This room's going to take a while. It's also going to take, like, a couple of hours to toss thoroughly. I'm going to, like, if you guys want to start on this, I want to do one other thing, and I can join you after I'm done. I'm sure it won't take long. That's fine. I'll uh, I'll help him start searching through this. What do you want to do, Baylor? I'm going to sit down at one of these tables and pull out that book I got from the librarian. All right. Uh, You pull out the journal that the librarian had given you. You just kind of want to look through it. Well, specifically, I want to look at the part in the back for right now. All right. Do you have read magic? Assuming yes, you're a wizard, but I don't don't think you can not have read magic. Yeah, I don't have read magic prepared, but I brought a scroll of read magic. Okay, well, you can use it prepared. Is read magic not a cantrip? Yeah, but you can only prepare so many cantrips. You can't cast any cantrip whenever you want. Oh, I thought you knew all of them all the time. You do, but you get to prepare like three or four of them per day and you cast them infinity times per day. You still only get to prepare so many, you just like all the rest of your spells. So the uh, the last few pages, six of them, are scattered magical writings. Do you want to use your scroll of read magic? I do. Uh, with that on, you're able to easily decipher these. These are not pages of a spellbook, as you may have thought. Uh, in fact, each of these, though a page of the book itself if removed or even if used from the book would function as an independent scroll. Are you ready to write these down? Give me just a second here. Yes. Animate rope. Blur. Flaming sphere. Hypnotism. Mount and web. You have one scroll of each of those. All right. And they can be safely removed from the book and used as just individual scrolls if you don't want to leave them in there. The book's pretty tattered. It's not hard to tear a page up. And their magic's not tied to the overall book or anything. That is entirely up to you. Certainly not what I was expecting, but I'll definitely take it. Inori, what are you doing? I want to uh, look under the bed toss the bed, see if there's anything in here. So you're in here uh, basically trying to do the same thing that uh, Nell just did because you don't trust him. And uh, you you trust yourself and your eyes and you're going to look through this and see if you can find something. Uh, and as you look through, make me... You don't have history or nobility, do you? Uh, I don't 
think so. Um, okay. I don't think you do. I think locals no. the knowledge you have. No. All right. So uh, I will leave you for a few minutes to start tossing that room. Uh, Nell and Dara have started going through all the boxes down in B4. Oh, was there something else you wanted to do, Baylor? Or was it just check out that back of the journal? This is what you two are doing. Are you going through B4 thoroughly? Yes. Yeah. Tearing it up. Yeah, with with the scrolls identified, I'll leave the curiosity of the rest of the book for later. And Fair start walking back around. See Inori in See here. See Inori tossing the room. <laughs> make you make me knowledge, history, or nobility. Take your pick. I mean, they're the same, so. This is a roll of d20. Put a number <laughs> at the end of it. Out of 25, you'd notice the same. You'd recognize the portraits the same way that Nell did as uh, scenes and historical figures in the Fourth Army of Exploration. And now make me a wisdom check. One more time. Different wisdom check. Hopefully it goes better than the last one. A little bit. Uh, that's a 13. It's a bit better. Yep. So putting together that all of these commissioned paintings from whoever lived here were not his own noble line or his own holdings or himself or anything, unless this was constructed during the Fourth Army, uh, Fourth World Exploration a very long time ago. And this doesn't seem like it's that old. Whoever this bunker belonged to had a very clear fascination with the Fourth Army of Exploration. I'm running out of ideas, Bellor. Bellor muses as Anori finds nothing tossing the bed. He's musing. He's thinking. I can almost physically <laughs> see the thoughts happening. <laughs> feels like there's something we're missing here. Has to be something with the mural, right? I'm sure it's related to it in some fashion. So as you turn this over in your head, you start thinking through this uh, this connection, the mural, the paintings in here. You just kind of look around the room thinking to yourself. Your eyes fall on uh, a history book, a fairly large bound a tome of almost encyclopedic knowledge from the Fourth Army of Exploration. Yet another thing tied to this seeming fascination. I'm gonna go pick up that book. It's obsessed. Whoever made this is obsessed. As you uh, pick it up and open the book, inside the pages were cut away to leave a hiding space that holds a small curved rectangular piece of glass. About two fingers wide. Well, goddamn, Beller. 
I believe we have the rest of the object in the other room. Should we leave the other two to their searching? See what we can find? Who knows what they'll turn up. We might as well not disturb them, you know? This is going to be the part. Is this going to be the meme for this campaign? The, uh... Oh, what's a good one? No, uh, what's There's a lot of them. <laughs> the sociological society of ditching Nell. Like... <laughs> yep. <laughs> this is a magical object. They're both fighters. What are they going to do? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. They are they both literally fighters. So this is Defend actually, you when something jumps out of it. Make sense. So, Let's the two see about this thing. Head back over to the bar and the strange scrying glass in B2 and slide the curved piece of glass into the fitted notch at the top of this orb. And as it slides exactly into place, it makes no sound, but a faint glow lights up uh, through the orb coming from the base. And as you peer into it, you can see Dara tossing some shelves and the full view of the fresco in B4. Enough of this damn painting. Does anything seem different looking at it through this? It does not. <laughs> there is no way, uh, even with you having identified this object, to move or relocate this scrying effect. It is here clearly fixed and pointed directly towards the, uh, the fresco and B4. Uh, clearly serves some purpose, but whatever that purpose is, it's not doing it right now. It's just showing you the fresco. And it's not showing you the fresco as, as if there was nothing else in the room. Uh, you can still see the boxes to the sides of it. Had you not moved them, it would have just shown you the wall of boxes. So it's showing things as they are in that room. Uh, one more thing I did forget to notice because I am a big, dumb idiot. Uh, Inori and Nell both, as you were looking through B3 you would have noticed a small triangle uh, next to the bed in the wall of three tiny coin-sized niches, but looking at the exploring them further wouldn't have revealed anything to you. Well, upon noticing those, I would have mentioned something to... I don't remember Shinmi's character. Inori. So you all Inori. know about the three tiny coin-sized niches, of but... I'm terrible with names. They don't appear to do anything that you can tell. But I did miss that one. There's so many things out there. I'm being so careful not to tell you things you aren't supposed to find. The like, coin wouldn't fit, like the goofy coin that I found. Or is that just the... The Andorin coin? Uh, it would have been a little bit too small. It doesn't fit snugly. Okay. And nothing appears to happen when you put it in. What if I tried a normal coin? Uh, also a little bit too small. Hmm. All right, so retroactive, so, done. So, like, they, they would fit, but nothing appears to happen. They fit, but not quite slotted fit. Exactly. 
Brian, what about this? If we're looking into that room at the painting, what is the the eye in there? Like, is it just invisible? Is there or in, in B four itself? Yeah, could we? Find... Uh, I mean, you can go down there. Dara and Nell haven't run screaming out of the room because crazy magic is happening. But all right, Bellor, stay here. I'm I... gonna go look at that. Well, I think, I think that might be the exit behind that painting. Makes sense. Because, because that would also make it the entrance, and this would be a way to monitor anyone coming in. Thinking like a bounty hunter already. That's what I was thinking. I'm going to go check that. Swing and detect magic around in there. So as you head down into B4, you don't see anything. There's nothing, nothing visible. Uh, no point of origin of the scrying thing. But are you going to swing and detect magic around there? Benori, that's kind of you. Oh, that's push to talk. Yeah, I was talking. I, yeah, I'm going to swing oh, okay. around. Detect magic and see if I can get a location. I take it you found something interesting in the other room. Uh, you would notice a faint aura of divination uh, just kind of hovering at a point in the air about there. Right up. Uh, centered uh, about eight feet out from the mural itself. Uh, make me a spellcraft check. All right. One second. Uh, the 19, you know that uh, with scrying spells in Galarian, they don't just look at an area they literally summon a tiny invisible invisible magical sensor that you see out of uh scrying clairvoyance all these spells work the same way and with detect magic or even enough visual acuity because it's invisible not non-existent they are things that exist they're incorporeal they're not like solid you can't touch them but uh you can notice them and that just seems to be the sensor for the scry spell embedded in the orb in B2. There's a floating ghost eyeball right there. Yeah, pretty much just a floating ghost eyeball, yeah. Floating that's just how scrying works. This whole thing's just a big prank, and that's our hidden camera. <laughs> so Dara and Nell are still going through this room. Uh, this will literally take them several hours to go through everything. There are a lot of so they're still they're still just getting started. I'll really quick catch him up on what we were doing. So everybody knows about the curved piece of glass and the scrying orb showing the fresco. I don't know what any of that means, but thank you for telling me. Yes. And uh, as you look around this, each of you hears again telepathically in your minds Martella's voice, much less uh, frantic this time. We've made our way away from the Senate building. Stavian soldiers are still pursuing. They're still fighting throughout the whole building. Wherever you are, keep your heads down. We will do our best. Hopefully you are safe. We can't talk back, like can 20, we? You can reply once yeah, with a brief message. It's probably been about 20-30 minutes since you got worked down here. 
Well, I mean, there's nowhere for our heads to be lower than this, I suppose. There's not even an exit. Defenseless people are just being slaughtered, though, and there's nothing we can do about it. It is truly a shame. I can tell you from my encounter with that individual just before we got down here, there's not much we would be able to do, honestly. He was much, much faster than any of us. He would not have uh, had any trouble. Here again, another quick uh, message. Not all the military are with Stavian. These assassins seem to be a collection of foreign agents. The city guards in chaos. Lion Blades and Utropia's allies are fighting back at the building still. None, <clears throat> None of this makes sense. How would they know what he was going to do? Maybe he's been planning for a while. Yes, possibly. Possibly, but then again, it could just be he snapped at the vote being passed and decided that was his course of action, which unfortunately was properly aligned with the assassins. I guess we won't know as long as we're in here. But it is interesting to hear that the Lion Blades and the Assassins don't appear to be on the same side, seeing as they are the Emperor's sworn guard. Yeah. It worries so the, me that it's still going on. They probably so the Kingsguard didn't side with him, or they did? The Kingsguard are fighting, like, whatever he did. I mean, the, the Emperor stabbed Calvio and then but after that when uh, everyone in the room started killing people the lion's blades are fighting them you saw the lion's blades getting the emperor out before you were teleported uh, but they're fighting the assassins as well it's possible this is just two insane events that happened at the yeah. same time wow that makes it even crazier okay Bella and I are convinced this is the exit because this is where the scry is, but <laughs> I, I, I got nothing. I don't, I don't know how to get out of here. If they have a way to monitor this spot from other rooms, it's most likely this is the way in and out. Whether it be the way in and out or simply a switch of some sorts, it's important, I suppose. I mean, if you can see it from the other room, it has to have some use. There'd be no purpose in such an expensive piece of magic for watching a picture. Well, I'm going to join in with the searching this room. Might as well, yeah. So all of you join together to paw through the various crates in this room. Uh, together, it's going to take you about a round hour to get through all these boxes if you want to do that. I imagine so. No, we're, we're down to at this point. Yeah, you start looking through and unpacking crate after crate of mostly foodstuffs and uh, tools and a few smaller trunks of clothing. Uh, the food and drink here could keep, well, with the six beds in the one room and the one in the other, seven or eight people alive for years fairly easily. After ten minutes of searching, you hear Martella's voice 
again. Stavian's forces are retreating. The military is divided. Maxillar Pytherius, the commander-in-chief, has been seen moving with impunity through Stavian's assassins. I don't understand. Multiple factions, no allies. Just Maybe he's making a coincidental timing. And she replies to you immediately. Regardless, it's not safe to be out and about. I'm taking a dozen or so of my servants to a safe house. I guess I'll reply. Uh, we appear to be in one of some sort, but very old. There's nothing back after that. Because, I mean, from... From all the stuff we're finding and from the beds and whatnot, I can only assume this is a panic room of some kind. It's what it appears to be. Seems so, yes. So as you continue searching through the boxes, unpacking crate after crate of just pickled vegetables and salted meats, another 20 minutes later, you receive another message from Martella. All right, we've arrived. We're at the safe house. It's located at the Digni... And it cuts out. Well, that's not There's good. No that would be good. Martella? No Does sport. not bode well. So, the Digna something. No use worrying it over now. We've got to deal with our situation. She's a resourceful. I doubt she'll be taken down easily. So you continue to dig. Continue to unpack. And after another half hour, and quite a few recastings of uh, the light spells. Uh, if you bother, I'm in all the rooms. Really, yeah, the lights are on. Yeah, so. I don't know if you'd actually care to have you lit anyway. Um, after another thirty minutes of the digging, you have thoroughly tossed the room, and you didn't find anything of significance. All of these crates appear to just be supplies, just doomsday supplies. Nothing gives you any indication of how to get out of here. But there are a whole lot of jars of various vegetables and beets around the room now. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, well. Hmm. I want to touch the... There's a plaque, right? Yes. I want to touch the plaque. See if I can pull it off or move it. So you uh, you touch the plaque. It appears to be bolted into the concrete behind it, but a long time of neglect has made it somewhat loose. And it's not terribly difficult for you to wiggle it free and pull the plaque off and the bolts from their fittings, just leaving the four holes bored into the wall at the corners. And for what it's worth, these holes do confirm that the stone of these chambers is at least several inches thick. You're pretty well and truly stuck, but you don't see 
nothing else is really revealed to you by pulling the plaque off. You have a plaque now. Hmm. I'll just drop it on the ground. It just clatters onto the stone. Uh, with Baylor's help, I want to find the barely noticeable thing in the sword. Uh, okay, so he'll show you where the compartment is. Yeah, he'll he'll direct you to the location of the hidden compartment. But looking at over, you don't see any means of ingress either. Uh, you can just barely tell there is a slot there that can open. But there's just no means of anything happening from this side. Even like pressing on it and stuff like that. No, and any like pressing on it, banging on it, no sort of interacting with it appears to do anything. Yeah, I'm down to a single idea with this that I don't expect to work and I couldn't do until tomorrow. Hmm, understood. I have an idea just to try. And, uh... Which... Is there a switch that turns off the light in this room? In this room? I don't know. I'm just keeping track of what the switches do. Oh, uh, which room? Uh, I want I'm looking to turn off the light in this room. That would be B3. So the hmm. suite. So Dara and heads up. It's on. This is the one that only has one. Dara oh, heads up to the. Uh, oh wait, no, you're right. It, it only has one, but it's this one. I'm stupid. Dara heads up to the switch, and disables the lights, uh, turning off the lights in both of the rooms adjacent to the suite, and putting now with the light spells long extinguished, Anori, Baylor, and Nell back into darkness. It is very dark. Lights, please. Um, one moment. I'm going to try to find my way around this room. I don't know how that works. How being blind works. Oh, you just move at half speed. And you have to you have to uh, make acrobatics checks to try and move more than half speed. But you can just move half speed, no penalty. You literally just feel your way around the room. You just okay. going no out You're on a table roll. Your heroes. Yeah, okay. That. Then I'm just going to move to where uh, the thing that they found. Can I see the into the crystal ball? Thingy. You can't see anything. It's dark. <laughs> you can feel that the crystal ball is there, but it's. Dark I meant like, can I? Else. Yeah, the, there's nothing special seeing through it now. No, you still just see blackness and just some light, very faint amount of light spilling in from B3. That's a good you idea. Dark. You can't see anything. Well, based on it being dark up there, can I come and hit this light switch? You sure can, buddy. And uh, that's going to turn the light off in the suite, and turn the light back on. In this room, oh. so Dara's not just wandering around darkness anymore. Thank goodness. Now, Inori and Bella are just hanging out together in the dark, just watching the lights get turned off and on in different hallways. Inori, you don't think an open spell would work on this, do you? It can't be that easy. It can't be that easy. It is my last idea. I could prepare it tomorrow. So I had thought the same thing. I mean, at this point, I'm willing to try anything. The, the lights turn on as you 
go back out around the counter and back out into the room, and Nell arrives shortly afterward. Welcome. And so does Inori, coming just wandering out of the darkness of B4, back <laughs> into the light. This Baylor is just hanging out in the dark, just contemplating darkness. You want to cast light again, Baylor? It helps me think better. Okay. The light does or the darkness? Yes. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. You, Wait, they don't see that? anything, do they? That's the light. I have to have a physical thing. Like, I have to have a token the light's coming out of, so I just take that off. Oh, off I was like, just, that's I was just like, the what light. Is that? Don't worry about it. It looks like a glass. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> I have a tiny little torch icon that I hide and unhide as the lights get flipped. Oh, I see. Okay. That was funny. I just noticed it. Yeah, because I can't have a thing that's hidden from you create light that you can see, so I have to put it on the visible layer. It's made of real tiny. Okay. <laughs> Disregard the tiny orange speck. Yep. His light icon. Zanori, so, <sighs> what are you doing? And Dara, what are you doing? I'm right now, just around. sitting in a, in a chair <laughs> thinking. Yeah. Now, what are you doing? Hitting this one. So, Dara, as you approach... And just walk around and look, and now the light's on. You look back towards the uh, scrying orb. You can see the magical fresco glowing through the darkness. With Maramaxis's right boot illuminated and shining. Uh, and the lights turn off, and you can't say anything, because now hit the switch. No. <laughs> and the lights turn back on and be far. Oh, hey, light. What? Just trying I to get the like lights the back on. I need the lights back on in here, please. I'll hit it again. Hit it again. And flip them back. And Baylor just goes back to standing in the darkness. <laughs> and you go back to looking at a magically illuminated fresco again with Maramaxis' right boot shining. Inori, can you do me a favor? What's up? Can you go to the fresco for me? Okay. I see. Wow, you it's glowing. All right, that's something. I'm going. It is. Go. Uh, go deal with the boot if you will. Was I'll that hit the it. light switch again that I heard? No, not at all. Maria <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, bumbles her way back through the darkness and up towards the fresco. What are you doing? You can't see it, but I mean, you can, you can vaguely see it because there's a little bit of light spilling in from B1, so it's not total blackness like it was when you first arrived here. It's just regular dark. So after a second, as your eyes adjust, you can still, like Baylor, make out the fresco on the wall. I have low light. I can probably see it kind it's of slightly. Oh, yeah, you're a half up. You see perfectly fine. Hey, Inori. How's it going? Uh, you know, glowing frescoes and such. Glowing, you say? Is it still glowing? Like, <laughs> can I see you glowing in the darkness? It doesn't look out of the ordinary to you. Now it just looks like it always has. Damn it! All right, I'm gonna yell uh, up to uh, uh, Dara, and is it still glowing on the screen or the orb on the screen? What's <laughs> <laughs> the screen? Does the magic ball say glow? It is still glowing in the orb. Yes. Yes. Okay, because I don't see it. 
Well, uh, I'm gonna yell. Poke. Can it. you can you see the the boots? He is wearing boots. Yes. Two rounds. His voices are just echoing through the hallways. <laughs> she's she's just gonna say, "God damn it!" And she's gonna cast light on herself again. As she casts light on herself, and then through the orb, you see the room illuminate, and the glowing and the shining go dark and disappear. I need... Uh, so I'm, I'm going to sure feel around on the boots. Feel around on the boot. It's a wall. Feels real flat. Pretty stunning. God damn it! Now you're just watching Inori touch this uh, fresco. Just let him. On, on the correct boot, just now it's not glowing. Well, yeah, nothing's glowing or shining since he, she cast light. Yeah, but it, she is hitting the correct boot. Yeah, she's touching it. Inori. Mm. What? Hello? What? Leave the room. God damn it. Please. All right. So he, uh, he yells down and Nori leaves. <laughs> as the room goes dark, you see as the light fades from your view in the orb, the shining and the shimmering reignite. Now on the body of one of the dwarves, the second nearest Merimaxis in the fight. Baylor. Yes. Can you? Guys are yelling. This is you're not whispering. He's fucking screaming <laughs> through like two different rooms. Hey! Yes. It's like what? <laughs> Can you? Which one was it? The second nearest him? Yeah, second nearest dwarf to him. Its body is glowing now, shimmering. All right. Can you attempt to? He cut out, but you know, the second it's... nearest dwarf Just because to his internet shit Maxis. doesn't mean the message didn't get through. <laughs> Right, I shall do my best to examine said dwarf. Just feel my hands over it. As he touches it, Dara, you would see the shimmering fade and appear at the peak of the furthest left mountain in the picture. I'll shout that one to him so it doesn't fuck up. And you, uh... You I don't know direction. what's going on here, but... It's just nothing, nothing's happening as far as Baylor is concerned. He's just like, okay. And you just start feeling the top of the mountain and then uh, near the bottom there is a the root of a tree the gnarled lump you touch that as well and finally the glow settles on the hilt of Merimax's sword and you touch it and with a click the stone slides apart uh, with your low light vision you can see a small bag inside, uh, smaller than a palm. Shall take that bag. Inside of it are three golden coins, uh, but not regular currency. Uh, each is emblazoned with the Veritas family crest, the same one on your Senate badges. Are they slightly larger? Than a typical coin. A little bit larger than a typical coin. Interesting, interesting. If you all will meet me in the suite, please. 
Yeah, so real quick, I'm just going to run around and turn the lights back on. All right, so you go, uh, before meeting him, you fiddle with the things and your knowledge of the lights to turn the lights back on in each of the four rooms and then meet with the party back in B3. As Baylor is, I imagine, fitting each of these three coins into the small triad behind the bed. I believe I may have figured out why we were the ones teleported here. Too sure. And why is that? As he pops yeah, in the third coin, in order to make a reflex save. God damn it. All right, hold up. <laughs> Before he replies. Uh, the DC 16, you're able to quickly step aside as the floor in an instant flashes and disappears underneath you. Turning this entire section of the... F uh, not that. That's too big. That's way too big. I fucked this up. I put it on the wrong squares. That section of the floor, but down one. <laughs> uh... Move it. I can't... Move it! I also select the B3 token. There we go. That section of the floor opens up and a staircase extends downward into the darkness below. Uh, sorry about that, but I believe this safe room belonged to the Veritas family. Mm. I'll motion to the badge that I'm wearing. Uh... Oh, I get it. The badges? It's a the badges. safety feature of the badges. They must have been somewhat paranoid then. Oh, right. Well, they're all so, gone apparently. now, so... Maybe yeah. not paranoid enough. Well, what about... We were the only ones? There were no others with these badges, right? Not for the Veritas family. The name's gone. These were simply archived badges. Sounds like real lucky. Oh, we'll take That's a step back. That worked out pretty well. And motion towards the stairs, because I'm not going down first. And this is where I'll take a moment to <laughs> talk to Baylor about the whole obligation thing saying that the three of us are capable of handling ourselves in combat. But he does not look like one who should be in the front lines. So I'm going to make it my duty to protect him. Very kind that's, of you. That's it. You're it's awfully, awfully big of you, Nell. I like how you volunteered to protect him instead of, you know, me. Almost like it's a class mechanic that can only go on one target. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm just repeating it. I know, I know. It's just, it is kind of weird to RP just, stuff like yeah, that. So I, I'd say it more like, you don't know what you're going to walk into, but should something happen, you will dedicate yourself tactically to protecting the sad wizard that doesn't have a sword instead of the sad wizard exactly. that doesn't have a sword. Yeah, no, I've it got makes a sense. technically. Yeah, I'd present it as like a tactical... Discussion yeah. since you've become a soldier. Put it on one person. 
I'm a soldier. You murdered people. He's covered in metal armor. This guy is technically old. So, before <laughs> we continue here... I'm like as this, old as the three of you put together. This is yeah. a pretty good place to take a pee break real quick. Like, now that we Ooh. have finally completed the Paizo sanctioned escape room. That's what it is. So, now that we are all back, the four of you descend down the staircase here, and it leads to what is clearly a door at the northern end here. Now, it may look like nothing. I know to the untrained eye, that looks like nothing. But it looks almost like a hidden door that someone really didn't try very hard to hide. Alternatively, a door that is meant to be hidden from the other side, as the hinges and everything are clearly visible in front of you. Or a door that was hidden 500 years ago. Also very much possible. Uh, but the door is a massive... Uh, double or a single slab that is the entire 15 foot northern wall of this room. That entire slab can swing around inside. Well, I so think this quick... is you, big guy. Yeah. A uh, quick mechanics based uh, thing to mention. If this shit's been here as long as it had, the DC to notice even this side of the door would be ridiculously high. Or. Why? Because the longer something sits, the higher the DC gets. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, if it was hidden yes, from the side, it would be. But, yeah, but it's it's a, no attempt it's to not hide it hidden from this, from this side. side. Yeah, not even a little bit. It has the hinges. It has a handle. Like, it's it's clearly a door. Hmm. Yeah, so I guess I'm going to do my thing and take the front. Kind of no way to do this subtly, is there? Not really, No. It's a huge 15-foot stone door. And besides, Nell's already stepping forward to do his thing. So, as he reaches out and grabs the handle and uh, pulls back, the door takes some effort to move, but it's far from impossible. And Nell is able to, well, with a little trouble, rest it open and reveal inside another door directly in front of you as well as a hall that appears to be spanning down to the east and to the west. Okay. As you pull this in, looking at the other side of the door, it is clear this door was hidden from the other side, as would make sense if this was a panic bunker. It's not supposed to be hard to get out of. It's supposed to be hard to get into. I don't know. I'd say that was pretty difficult. Yeah, well... Well, you're also supposed to be the person point. who designed it and knows how to get out of it. It's also a thing. Yeah. Um, knowing that there is still some danger clearly going on uh, from the event, I'm going to draw my, the not my, but the dagger, the silver plus one one, to have okay. somewhat ready. Because now it seems that we could be going into sketchy places. Yeah, now yep. Meandering through the darkness, you pull the silver plus one dagger out. And... Uh... I'm imagine. assuming that's the same for all of us. Yeah, I'm assuming Nell and Ori are also going to draw and raid their weapons because you guys really have no idea what you're walking into. I technically mm -hmm. have a dagger. You technically have a dagger. Get him, coach. You don't have a quarter staff? Are you not doing your icon justice, Baylor? I have a quarter staff. You I'd swing it at a flat zero. Fair enough. Dagger it is. 
Well, it looks like we have three options about where we want to go. Yeah, you still only have the light spell on uh, Inori right now. Put mine back on. Yeah, let me go and add that to yours real quick. I like that's light. Why, that's why I mentioned that kind of because it takes a second to turn it on because I have to change like three or four values in your token. Haha. <laughs> so with your light and your low light vision, you can see that the corridor winds around uh, up at least towards the north off to the sides. It looks like this is a singular room in front of you. And as you head out into the hallway, you can see that there are several other sturdy wooden doors lining the outer edge of this area and stand uh, standing guard in each corner. Uh, only you can see this one because low light vision are chiseled stone statues of Talden phalanx soldiers mounted upon uh, fairly simple trapezoidal plinths. Inori, as you step near that wall there, and as you all look around and get acclimated, you feel something is off. Guys, I feel like something is off. And as he says that, <laughs> as he makes that very statement, you see the wall next to Inori warp as a figure with the keeping the texture of the bricked stone extends out from it. First, a clawed reaching hand followed by a, an entire torso reaching out of the wall towards Inori. Roll me some initiative. As a uh, Oh, no, you still need to roll me yours. Click on your token, you dingleberry. I, I rolled in this fucking sheet for some reason. Hey, you do roll in the sheet. You just gotta click on your token first. I believe in you. You can do it. <coughs> you can click on your token and then click on initiative. There you go. So, uh, as Inori... Since he briefly surprised here, Dara, trained soldier, you react to this first, but you've nothing in your hand but a knife. Yeah, it's depressing. Um, I'm just gonna five foot step total defense. Because I still don't have my chain shirt on. This is bad. Oh, yeah, you do not. You also are not wearing your armor. Alright, so you five foot step up towards this creature. Uh, whatever this thing is, this manifestation, 60 years further in the PDF, why can't you just put the monsters near where they're used? <laughs> the thing reaches out towards Zanori uh, with its, again, these clawed hands that appear to be made of the same stone it's reaching out from. And, uh, Inori, you have a change here, right? So you do you have your armor on or did you not wear it under your dress? Uh, I don't think we ever talked about that. I can't imagine. I mean, I'm imagining with your dress, you're probably not. Damn it. No. Mechanically so speaking, what? I don't think you can. Yeah, no, I don't even think not. you actually can. With the, with the, I think a change shirt is one of the few things you can. 
but I not think it's with a mithril like... shirt, not chain. Oh, shirt. you're right. You're right. It's a mithril shirt. You're right. This thing reaches out and swings at you. And it strikes you first with one claw and then the second as it lashes out, dealing four and then five damage. You're accustomed to dealing with criminals and fugitives, but you've never met anything like this before. And in an instant, you're nearly taken down by whatever this abomination is. Good news is your initiative. Ow. Hmm, okay. It's just like it's just a torso leading out of the wall. It's not like a thing that's stepped, stepped entirely out of it. If I do my, because I've never done it before, if I do the sword buff, do which this. is a swift action, technically like there, is it provoke to? No. Okay. Swift actions in general usually don't provoke. It's pretty rare for a swift action to provoke. There we go. Know. How he's peeping? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> How you, how you doing, guys? Oh, well, that really doing? pisses her off, so, yeah, time to one-plus the sword and uh, swing at this fool. All right, so you channel some of your magic into the sword before you swing. Uh, let's see. And that is a very solid swing. Roll to confirm that. So just roll it again. That night paint on the die, a 24. And Ori is very mad about that. Followed, unfortunately, oh. by a, an eight. So you do hit him. You don't confirm, but you do hit him. Okay. Does the plus one... Apply to damage as well. Yes, it is just you make your sword into a plus one sword. So it's a plus one to attack and plus one to damage. So you hit it for six. And as you strike this with your long sword, you embed it in the thing's shoulder and pull it out. Uh, whatever its appearance, it is not made of stone. Though you find it difficult to attack it effectively with it halfway embedded in the wall as it is. However, you appear to be able to damage it as though it were normal flesh and blood, whatever this thing is. Uh, do you want to do anything else? And five foot step away? Step, yeah, exactly. Pretty good idea. All right, now. I'm going to hold my turn and ask Baylor to get out of the way. Uh, Baylor. Uh, that was my intention. Don't worry, I don't want to stand next to him. I'm going to five foot step back and cast Mage Armor on myself. Yeah, it's probably time to pull that one out. So you step back, and with one spell, a shimmering blue aura surrounds you and bolsters your armor, bringing you up to AC 16, actually. Not terrible. 
Uh, no. Can I charge that, or is he considered occupying that square? Uh, no, he is occupying the square of the wall, so you can charge that, yes. Okay, I will charge him. As you do, uh, as you charge forward, as soon as Baylor gets out of the way, your shield up and your sword ready. His arm extends, the brick pattern on him stretching out as he reaches to strike you here before you've even come within range of retaliating yourself. And you are unprepared for this turn of events, but you've managed to shunt the blow mostly onto your breastplate. You only take three damage, and it doesn't halt your charge. <clears throat> All right. And with a 24, you strike him as well. Real damage. I was just trying to read it. <laughs> I was like, why did my thing cue your spell? Yeah, I was uh, like, did you just smash a spell out of him? With eight damage <laughs> and a second strike, the creature recoils, uh, pulling back and throwing its hands up to shield its face, uh, meshing back of the wall as if the wall wasn't even there to it. But as it does, as victory looms on the horizon... A second emerges from the wall to your left. Dara. Hmm. Um. You can see Nori is surrounded by these reaching torsos on both sides. The one on the left clearly intent on finishing her off. Uh, though the one on the right is currently preoccupied with not getting murdered by your angry fighter. Uh, what action it be to pull off the family crest for my shirt uh to just what take it off and throw it on the ground no i'm pulling it off and i wanted to hold it out to it i don't think he does a move action okay so then you, as... you pull the, you quickly unpin uh, almost ripping i mean you're more concerned about living than the survival yeah. of your your uniform you yank the veritas family crest off of your chest and hold it up towards these beings, hoping that in some way they'll recognize it and halt their attack. But they seem unrelenting. And now, uh, it's no good. I saw it stretch to attack Nell, so I'll just five foot out of the way so Inori can at least move. And then that, that'd be my turn, because that was two move actions. Alright. Uh, this one in front of Nell now recoils back inside the wall entirely, which does provoke for me as he pulls away. And as you swing with a 21, you get one strike as he moves to recuperate. And uh, 10 damage is a solid blow as the creature retreats back into the wall from whence it came. You lose sight of it for a moment. It can't retreat. 
before. Uh, that's the way I'm getting that. You lose okay. sight of it for a moment. Wait, are you trying to do you stand still? Yeah. That's not an attack. You do that instead of attacking. You attacked. Stand still is just on AOOs, isn't it? Yeah, as an AOO, you can use a CMB check to try to prevent them from moving. You don't do damage you oh. swung instead of doing damage. You swung, but that's fine because <laughs> this is the perfect time to make that mistake because you see the thing's dead hand flop back out of the wall before slowly being drawn back in seemingly on its own. Okay. Inori. Uh, That's a good time to fuck that up, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, Stancil's a separate thing. It'd be, it'd be stupid overpowered if you can hit them and also just freeze them. <laughs> I will keep that in mind. I thought it was just I hit them and they can't like get past me anymore. Read, read your feeds, bro. Right, Inori. <laughs> um, I'm gonna get the hell away from this wall. Not a bad idea. And uh, as you pull away, the newly manifested creature stretches as the one before it did and reaches out to swipe at you as you escape. But having seen the same fate befall Nell just a moment ago, you're somewhat ready and twists out of the way and it just barely rakes and shreds the back of your dress as you pull back behind your table. Uh, do we have anything else? Do you? Um, In like five seconds for a move on. No, uh, try to figure out what you want to do before I get around to you. Can I throw a ray of frost at him? You can absolutely throw a ray of frost at him. Okay. Yeah, figure out what you generally want to do with your turn before we get these. We'll have to wait when we get there. Because you got like five initiatives to figure out a plan. Alright. Alrighty. So make me the touch attack. Max the damage, so it's three if you hit this. Okay. Uh... Okay, how do I... Trying to it should how, with the well, uh this is the first time talking these macros in real combat here. Ray yeah. Frost should have rolled the attack roll for you. It looks like there was a slot for it. Yeah, there's a slot for it, but it didn't. It should have yeah. also roll an attack. Let me see if I click it instead of raw curiosity. That mine also does not roll the attack. Why is that? Attack is not in there for some reason. Because attack's not checked. That's okay. So theoretically, if I do that and just click this, will that roll an attack? It might roll 2d20s, but nah, whatever. We'll figure it out later. I don't want to play with macros right now. All right, so a 13. Oh, you hit it with the Ray of Frost, and I'll give you the three damage in the first time you mess with it. You, you hit it with the Ray of Frost as it retreats, uh, as, as it tries to move itself out of the way, but sticking out of the walls it is it doesn't have a whole lot of mobility it's really relying on the positioning and the wall itself to protect it and from something like a ray it just has to touch it it's not very helpful you hit it for three damage and before baylor goes 
you hear a noise from this direction, off here on the left of the hall. You hear a slight creak and a door opening before moments later it slams shut again. Oh, wonderful. Baylor. Would I be able to identify these things at all? Uh, if you have knowledge religion and you're a wizard, so you have knowledge everything, I'm assuming. Fifteen. So, this to you is not unheard of. Uh, but they're almost a rare version of an immured things that uh, were buried alive and raised to resent that in the afterlife. Whereas an emirid is buried alive, a walkafiend, as these are known, is a poor soul that was sealed inside of a structure during its creation. And in their own life have gained the ability to possess the walls around which they were interred and use them to strike out in wrath. They have nothing particularly special about them. No power that a standard zombie would not be on the obvious reaching from the walls. Uh, you know that it is a difficult task they do here, and it's hard for them to move themselves uh, once they're anchored into a wall. But the very nature of how they attack makes it fairly difficult to strike that back at them, but not totally impossible. And you guys aren't really having a whole lot of trouble. It's just kind of hard to effectively whack a torso sticking out of a wall. You know, the creatures themselves can be killed even through their wall projections, but if given the opportunity to retreat, their bodies will heal and healed by the very stone that interred them. Uh, almost five foot step down here. And I'm going to swing my hand and a wooden spear is going to come out and shoot itself at him. And so you conjure up this manifestation and fling this wooden javelin at the Walkafiend. And you with a 26, you definitely hit it. You guys are rolling real hot in this fight. Give me that damage. Real hot! The spear embeds itself solidly <clears throat> through the Walkafiend's torso, doing 12 damage as the creature hisses almost pinned back to the very wall it's emerging from. Now. Well, I see a perfectly good opportunity to end one before it can retreat. Not a bad idea. So, I'm not going to charge. Oh. I actually forgot to add charge to my last charge. Not that it That's fair. Matters, but... As you move up, it swats out at you with one hand, uh, having some out of difficulty pinned to the wall as it is, and you raise your shield and deflect it easily. Moving in for the kill. And I'm going to start doing combat expertise and uh, protect myself a little better. And as you have your shield raised a little injured from the first, you prioritize defending yourself over finishing this creature off. And with it erratically moving around in pain from this javelin that was stuck through it before I... You wouldn't javelins to stick around, do they? They just disappear like Canis's blast would. Uh, they actually just kind of explode into splinters. Oh, even better! As he's fucking flailing from this exploding these... wooden rod that you just jammed through his body, you raise your shield up and camp between your shield and the wall next to you, effectively get a good swing around it. 
But you'll get another these things try. can't bleed. Uh, they cannot just because they're undead now. Uh, that's what I thought. But you get another try as this thing attempts to retreat back into the wall. You get one AOO. If you I use stand, stand still, still will it. he be able to go through the wall any? Uh, I mean, stand still prevents them from moving, but you, as no, you have no clue what this creature is. You have no idea. Well, just like mechanically, stand still means you can't you, you even have, move. You don't know. This is, there's not, no, you're trying to metagame. You got no idea. You know what stand still does? Okay. You have no clue how these creatures work. I will give it a shot and we will see what happens. All right, you're going to give it the sand to stand still. And that is a 19. You just have to beat their CMD, right? It's just a CMD check? Yes. And as it tries to push through, you slam your shield back behind it as it tries to retreat back to the wall, stopping it from withdrawing. <laughs> I like this. Dara. I'm going to have a lot of fun with this. All right. Um... <clears throat> I'll walk up to... It's occupying the space of the wall, not the space in front yeah, of it, right? Yeah, the space of the wall. You can stand in this square right here, yes. Okay, but I, I can't hit it from that one. You. No, you cannot. I mean, you okay. Jack is a throwing weapon. You can throw your knife at him, but uh, you can't hit it uh, from there, no. But yeah, dagger is a throwing weapon. You can just throw your dagger at him if you want to. If you don't want to get close, because you know he's going to get the swing at you to try to move in. Yeah, I guess I'll just try and throw a dagger from here. You know, it's inside his reach, right? So making a range attack provokes an attack of opportunity from inside of his reach, right? I mean, that's mostly fine. I'm hoping to just kill him. Uh, taking damage. He gets the swing first, though, right? And if he hits you, you take the damage you take as a penalty to your attack roll. Oh, fuck. I've never so made a range attack this probably close. just stand here. There's, there's, okay. there, you gain nothing from walking into his reach. Okay. Uh, You're throwing a knife at him. Yeah, I'll throw it. This one's for a free ex-wizard. Yeah, I played a wizard for a while. Um, I'm just trying to think. It uh, so it's gonna be exactly the same as if you shot your crossbow because you don't have a masterwork crossbow or anything. You don't have weapon focus crossbow. It's still a dex modifier to throw it. Your attack roll is gonna be identical. It's going to be one higher because it's a plus one. Oh, yeah, one higher because you get point blank shot. And one more higher because it's a plus one. So, I mean, you would have point blank shot on the crossbow either. So, yeah, it's literally plus one on your crossbow. So, just take your crossbow macro and it asks you for the attack modifier, put one. Yeah, I'll just put one in there. All right. So, it's going to say crossbow. Obviously, throw it there. And with a 21, you strike it with the dagger. And then roll me damage, it's just, it'd be just like you swung at it in melee, because the throwing weapon is still strength mod. So d4 right. plus 1 minus your strength modifier, which I assume is negative. It's not, actually, so just d4 plus 1. Plus 2, because you point blank range. Yeah. And if you just want to slash roll d4 plus 2, this one, you can do that, because you obviously don't have a macro set up for throwing a dagger you just found at this guy. No, I don't. But I do have this. So, plus 1. So it should be that. Yeah? Bang. Woo! Nice. It's definitely one higher than that, but oh, you have point blank shot because you're, uh, yeah, you're yeah, throwing yeah. it, too. I am throwing so, it. So, I'm assuming you have point blank shot. That's an assumption, yes. but 
specific. I do. Okay, well, please tell me that the crossbow archer <laughs> has point blank shot, please. I definitely do. That was okay. definitely one of the level ones. So you throw the the dagger. We're gonna do a new thing here. When you get a crit previously, I've had you RP what you do. That's hard because it's hard to say I do something like I cut his head off. Well, you didn't. He's not dead, but you did something cool. If you get the final blow of a fight, you're going to RP what you did. So, Dara, you throw this dagger nice. at this walk of fiend that Nell has stopped from retreating back into the wall. What do you do? Fuck. I wasn't so, if you hear what this. do you do, you won the fight. Oh, well, that's good. Uh, not prepared for this. But uh, knowing that this creature isn't normal, I'm not going to just aim for its you know, face or head or anything like that. And I'm just going to draw back and try to plant it in its chest as deep as I can. And you throw this dagger and it hits right where it was already injured from the splintered spear Baylor had buried through its chest earlier. And as you hit it, unable to retreat back into the wall, the creature falls face first down onto the stone before slowly being drawn back into the wall seemingly automatically, as had the one before it. For now, you seem safe. Hmm. Well, that went better the than expected. dagger is left on the ground, so you can pick it back up. Beautiful. It does not retreat back to the wall with the body. Nell took a quick swipe, but Inori unaccustomed to fights like this, was fairly wounded. She doesn't fight in dresses. She does not fight in dresses, and she's kind of like hunched over and holding her side right now, which is fairly viciously injured by the, the first creature. We Damn don't, thing don't really me. have anything for this. At least I don't. <clears throat> Regardless, I don't believe we... Uh... We're going to be able to do much about it just standing here. We should probably try and either find a safe spot to rest or possibly just go back inside. But what do you guys think we should do? There's someone or something over here. But the sounds of battle quickly fall in silent. You see the door to your right open. And... Inside, poking out her head to see what has happened, is none other than everyone's favorite NPC, <laughs> Dame Trant. Oh, God. <laughs> and as she looks out and sees wow. the four of you before her, crossbow. she <laughs> seems stopped, stunned for a second, before she exclaims, You've got to be kidding me did what happened you're alive did you slay them assumedly so why and uh behind her you see another man just kind of slowly poke his head up uh through the crack behind her i i i, I don't know what they were we appeared here tried to leave and those Creatures attacked us. We've been stuck here ever since. Since that big flash, I'm assuming, right? Yes. 
you... Why do the Veritas badges work? Why are you here? And what happened to the wall? And she gestures at the opening next to you. What wall? There's no wall there. There's a door for us. Something wrong with your eyes. She shakes her head a bit and rubs her eyes and looks at the Gavin back to you and the two Inori and then towards the... But it keeps just glancing back towards the northern wall where the walk of fins were. So you can fight. A little bit. How about yourself? worth? She raises her hands and looks down uh, towards her feet. It's like, I, I lost my sword. Whatever that was upstairs, but they just started killing everyone. And she stops and looks like she's about to cry. And she turns back towards the uh, the man in the doorway behind her and he reaches out and puts an arm around her, so- her shoulder and just kind of pats her trying to comfort her and she's clearly trying to hold herself together well, well there seems mostly safe now we might be able to get out of here and the uh, the man looks up uh, Trant doesn't reply immediately the man looks up and you can see he's a clearly a cleric uh, dressed in robes and with a prominently displayed symbol of Avatar. Or Avatar. Abadar. <laughs> on his oh, necklace. Fucking Avatar. Avatar on his necklace. Uh, he is darker skinned. Uh, clearly not from the area. And he turns to you and says, Please, if you would escort us from here, we we could pay you. We, we cannot fight. We have injuries. Can you assist with that? And he looks at Inori. Oh, I'm fine. And looks down and it kind of grabs his holy symbol. He says, I, uh, I, I could, perhaps, but what if there is more? We do not know the way out. What if we need this for ourselves? Well, if we're dead... What chance do you have? Uh, Trance still just kind of standing there, like almost shivering, just staring at the ground, and still trying to compose herself from something. And the man looks back up at you and grits his teeth. He says, Well, the god of merchants demands compensation. I, I cannot simply give you my services. I understand. That's fair. Would escort be enough for healing for now? Safe passage. Protecting your lives. Regan just kind of grits his teeth and wrinkles up his, his nose a bit. Just... Ten gold. Ten gold and I can provide you with Abadar's service. It's cheaper than I would demand in the church, given the circumstances. Ten it is. I will give him ten gold and have him see to my friend. And you, uh, as you pull out and hand him a, a platinum, the man approaches Anori 
and uh, reaches down and puts his hand up. He says, uh, my name is Zubari. They will tend to you. Please let me see the wounds. Uh, it's just a scratch. And uh, most of the side of your dress is pretty much shredded at this point from these two hits and him swiping at you as you passed away. But as he reaches down, he encants a spell and does a motion with his hands as you see uh, the magic fill them. And you regain five health. As at least it somewhat staunches the bleeding and draws the wound closed a little, but you're still fairly injured. He says, these wounds were severe, but that could help. If I, I can provide this service again, but I am not a powerful cleric. I cannot do this many times. No, I understand. Thank you. We're going to try to get you guys out of here. And Trant just blurts out, I'll give you 300 gold. If you get us out of here, I'll say you're paid. I'll give you 300 gold, just please. I accept those terms, guys. It is fine with me. I'll help. Yeah. You have a deal. And you hear again a door open to the left here. And then some somewhat frantic and kind of panicked, not exactly whispering, but a conversation between at least two people, and you can't make out what's being said that way. So how long have you all been here? Uh, and Trance still kind of shaking. Uh, two hours? Three hours? Not long. We were seems teleported like here, and she touches her uh, Trant family badge. We were teleported here as, as soon as it started. Well, shortly after. Yes. And she stares back Same at the again. Do you know where this is? <clears throat> you can see her just like squint her eyes just like jam them shut as hard as she can just she's still desperately trying not to cry and she says through gritted teeth it's the safe room I didn't know this still worked my father explained it to me once about how these badges used to have a power that would protect people should something happen but it's not supposed to still work. I don't know where this is, and it's certainly not safe. I think we're beneath where we were before. That would make sense, I suppose. Yep. During the party, it was talked about that some of the workers who built the area that this was built on that the yeah, building we were in before was built on top of were buried 
in the walls of it. And those creatures we just fought are what happens when you do that sort of thing. And Zubari uh, replies, this would make sense, I suppose. I do not know where we are, but please, as the lady requested, if you escort us from here, you will be handsomely rewarded. And you see light come down the hallway from the left. On the clock, boys, we got an incoming. I will uh, come over to here and yell out, asking... Uh, Literally, who goes there? Um, who goes there? We have uh, <laughs> three voices jumble over the top of each other. Uh, two men and a woman as they all shout out names and titles at the same time. Screw the titles. Get out here. We don't have time for that. And uh, around the corner would come a very clearly shaken and terrified group of three people. Uh, two of which appear to be sprayed with blood. But they don't look like they're injured. It doesn't look like it's their own. Uh, the one in the front carries a lantern aloft as he approaches and says, I I'm Sir Gryphus Plastian. This is Lord Wilfen Botoles and Lady Gail Urbane. We were teleported here with... And he points back around the corner with the, a, a finger. And the woman looks like she's just trying to edge as far away from that as she can, just quickly, and trying not to vomit. The other guy also kind of steps more around the corner, like they're getting away from something. Something back assuming... there. One of you met the thing in the walls, I guess. And the, the uh, lady cries out the, their tears, Yes! Lord Monstrum! They tore him down in an instant! And the guy in the front again, Sir Plastian, says, I, I believe I heard we were, we were paying. Are you the rescue? We have coin. You have to take us. You can't leave us here. We'll take all of you. There's no reason for us to leave anyone behind. Exactly. Possibly all of these rooms have someone. I'll uh, try the handle if there's a uh, one on this. I will reach out to stop you before you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking, so I can't stop you, but please, somebody. Yeah, Bill, like, stop. Don't touch the floor yet. Not, not, not yet. Not yet. We need to get all these people safe. Uh, nothing happened to us while we were in here. And I'll gesture back towards the secret door that we came in from. Uh, I understand that going right for rescue these days is 300 coin. And, uh, <laughs> The lady still cried, sobbing, calls again. Yes, of course! 300 coin each. We can, we'll provide. You'll be paid. We promise. And the lord in the back, Lord Batelli's kind of sighs. <sighs> yes. Yes, we can. you can pay. And the extortion. But if you get us out of here safely, you'll be rewarded. And Sir Plaston says, yes, quite. 300 gold is more than fair for our lives. My advice would be to get in the back with the rest of us and uh, stay behind us as we venture out of here. We'll get you guys out. And they uh, move towards you and sort of push their way into the middle of the group as the cleric comes up as well and Trant just slowly kind of sulks into the general area 
of everybody else. I think wandering with this big of a group is a good idea. There's no way that I can protect everyone. No, of course not. Uh, we would all nothing... be much safer in this hidden room that we found. Yes. Once we find the way out, we can come back and get you. There's food, there's water in there. And they're all kind of looking back at the stairs leading up into a clearly magical portal. Like, the edges of it are literally ringed with blue energy. And the uh, the cleric doesn't seem particularly perturbed, neither does Trent. But the other three are a little skeptical of the magical hole at the top of the stairs. Understandable. I'll, uh, I'll walk into it. This is uh, where we came out of. Come this way. It, there is nothing in here. So the uh, the five of them... We'll head up the stairs and into uh, Veritas' safe room to wait. Uh, each of them, again, wishing their thanks and only the cleric pausing for a brief moment to pray towards you and promise Abadar will watch over you as they head back upstairs to just wait. I suppose. We'll leave the tokens there for simplicity, but they're they're up in the safe room. Okay. Nori, should you need more healing, I do have more gold. Don't work yourself too hard. I'd rather we well, all survive this. Hopefully I should be able to prevent some of that, and I'm gonna pull out a scroll. And then cast mage armor on Inori. Ah. Uh. All right, so Hopeful. that puts you at one higher than usual because uh, your usual chain shirt is only a plus four. So that actually brings you up to AC 16 instead of your usual 15. Well, no, I remember I don't have all that shit, right? Isn't that That's the... what I'm saying. That's why you're one higher because Mage Armor is plus. Oh, oh Mage Armor is okay. also four. No, it's exactly the same as. Uh, yeah, it's the same. As, I was thinking Mage oh, Armor was oh, five. Oh, sorry, it's like I had my armor. No, I, I was thinking cool. Mage Armor was plus five for some reason that it was one better than your regular armor. But yeah, this is it's exactly a chain shirt, so it's just like you have your armor on. Perfect. As the uh, same field of blue energy shimmers down your body as well. Uh, and and the, the mage armor shimmers down your, your skin inside your dress, uh, protecting you, not your belongings so much. But it will protect you as well as a chain shirt. I mean, you're Magus, you're familiar with mage armor. Yeah. <laughs> Magus actually doesn't get mage armor. Really? What? What? I, I guess because they can wear regular that. armor, so it makes sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah, good point. You get shield, I... which stacks on top of that, because you get a literal floating disc of force. That was my next question. Does shield stack? But shield does stack. Mage awesome. armor is armor. Shield is a shield. But shield will only last you for two minutes when you cast it. So it'll raise your AC to 20 for two minutes. Well, I suppose we should check these rooms, make sure no one else has been left behind. I'm sure not everyone's brave enough or crazy enough to wander around like did. Should we Indeed. close the door and seal the panic? For now, yes. We have no way of talking to them to let this to let them know that we are back. If we close there's no, no way to get back in. It should be openable from the outside. We know where it is. I mean do you want to test it? Sure. Probably should. I'll go in. You guys close I mean, you have to close it. Yeah, so we opened uh, it inward, didn't we? You'd head no. inside, and uh, as you rise up, you see the uh, Trant and the Cleric off 
towards the uh, the left side, seated on tables, and the other three, the lady sat on the bed in the suite, and the other two of the lords standing out consoling her. And you push past and pull one of the coins out, and as the portal shimmers out of existence, on the underside, the four of you can see the Veritas family seal inscribed into the center of it, uh, with a clear mark in the stone around where the portal would open, marking its edges. I meant close the... Close the what? The door. Oh, the door, the door. I'm right here. All right, you close the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought you meant the portal. Yeah, so I'll close the door from the inside. No, and then you guys just open the door. Like, see if yeah, we can know, open it from Knowing this where side. it is, you can open it from the outside, yes. Okay, that's what, that's we what I figured. I thought you meant the portal door, not the regular door. <laughs> Boring-ass people yeah. and your regular doors. Yeah, you can close the regular door. Now you're thinking with portals. Okay. I was definitely shut yeah. up. So oh, first we'll of just all, leave that you. door closed. Second of all, oh. yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So well, let's right. focus, since they seem to have come from the inside, let's focus on these outer doors first. Look for other people to rescue. So as you head around and begin to open these assorted cubby holes, most of them appear to be not entirely empty, but with very scant furnishings a few chairs in one, a table in another, a space not meant to seat much more than maybe a senator and a couple of aides for a few hours. As you head around to the north end of the hallway, you can see, once again, here on the inside of this wall, what is clearly the backside of a secret door, sheltering all the Senate safe rooms. Okay. So that may be the main exit. I have the magical S. Ooh. S for secret. So, <laughs> so just one family was super crazy about something happening. Yeah, apparently Veritas is a little bad, so. Yeah, everyone else is like, well, yeah, just in case something happens, we need these, like, shelters. They're like, they but, like, what if we had, like, door a... door behind the secret door. Yeah, they're like, what if we had, like, a house in there? And it's like, you can't have a whole house. And they're like, oh, okay. Fuck you, I can't. Yeah. They're like, whatever, <laughs> dude. We want to have a house. house. Wink. We want a labyrinth yeah. of safe rooms. But as you open this door here... There is no light pouring in because now the lights are standing in front of it. But through the uh, <laughs> bit of the light coming from Baylor and Ori around the side, you can see a well, a very small red-headed halfling in what appears to be a uh, well, it's not a halfling. It looks like costume armor that immediately scampers back against the wall with a shriek. Just ah, oh. them you're not the creatures the re Yo, i heard you talking you're the rescue yes uh, it seems like it's so far then he uh springs up to his little furred feet not wearing shoes as halflings are wont to do and immediately uh turns his arm in front of himself and does a full proper bow but almost comically quickly i i'm a meester's golden you, you have to get me out too please uh, as you look at him you notice that he appears to be wearing armor and has a small rapier at his side. Uh, he looks much more combat capable than the rest of the ones you saw so far. 
You have weapon and an armor. And armor. It's a costume! I was one of the actors! Let me entertain I don't is know how to use this! Costume? The what? Is the rapier a costume? Yes, I don't know how to use rapier? the sword! And he, he gestures down it and uh, pulls it out of his holster and just kind of waves it around in front of his face. I never fought a day in my life! I don't even know if this is a real rapier! <laughs> so, he says motive. Uh, <laughs> I need to get in the habit. I don't believe this shit. Uh, you sense motive. He seems sincere as he just kind of waggles the sword back and forth in a way that no one who had any care for an actual weapon would do. I wanted to say, as I see, uh, I see Nell eyeing him up and down, kind of trying to get the lay of the land. Uh, I'm just going to laugh, and I'm going to say, Nell, he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. I was with the Fantabulous, you. I, I saw you, and he, he points uh, at Nell squarely. I saw you upstairs. You were talking to Wasilka. Yes. Did you not see me? He just kind of makes motions with his hands, performing, and he sort of spins around almost in a panic, worry that you're not going to take him with you. Uh, and just drops his rapier on the ground, does a couple little pirouettes, and it stops. It does a little flourish. Just his eyes wide, almost sweating at this point. Oh, God. <laughs> you can calm down. We're not here to, to, to leave anyone behind. We have a safe room. Everyone can go there. And you're taking We're payment. making... I heard! I... I don't have 300 gold, but... And he uh, reaches back into uh, a pocket behind the armor and pulls out a small, uh, like, sky-blue handkerchief and holds it out and, like, shakes it in front of you. It's my favorite hanky! It's lucky! It's all I have! Instead of that, just get us a audience with Wasilka sometime, and we'll consider that payment. Um, uh, of course, yes! I, I can, and he uh, looks around the room and sees a uh, lamp that was repaired on the table next to him, and he grabs the lamp with both hands just by the glass and holds it up. He's like, I can carry the lantern. I could be helpful. I could pay for it that way. <laughs> You'll be fine. No, I just, just go hide those creatures with everyone else. They, you they don't came need to worry from the about walls. It. I don't want to be away from the, the men with the swords. Let me stay with you. There's no room. You may think they're safe, but these creatures can come from anywhere. Please, I won't be trouble. What if they came out of the lamp? And he looks down at the lamp and just throws it <laughs> out at Nell's feet and stumbles backwards again. <laughs> They're gonna hold a different lamp. Do you have lamps? Oh boy. <laughs> I have to question this. If they can come from anywhere, Anywhere at any time. How come they haven't come out of your wall? Right there behind you. I don't know how they work. Which is why oh. I want to get out of here as soon as possible. He's whispering now, staring at the lamp as he does so. But I don't want to be left alone where they can find me. I heard someone get caught out here earlier few hours ago before you. Maybe they were busy with that. I don't want to be next. Is there uh, something to roll for memory to know if we did actually see him with uh, the Fantabulous? 
Probably just a wisdom check. Uh, that would not really be a check. I mean, you, you might have noticed him upstairs. Like he's not—he's not lying. He was—he was up there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what do you guys think? If he wants to tag along and hold a torch or something, that—I mean, I don't have any problem with that as long as he runs away if there's fighting. Yeah. I think really we hurt. should take him to the panic room with everybody else. He's just a liability out here with us. You can be a liability if he wants to. And he uh, says now to Inori as he steps up towards the door, that, look, I'd, I'd rather be a distraction than abandoned. Please. There are other people in this panic room. You won't be by yourself. And he looks Cleric and several nobles gathered together. He looks toward uh, Dara. And says, you! You, you! You're sensible. You wouldn't leave a halfling behind, would you? No, I'm not looking to leave anyone behind. I do not really care if he comes with us. He puts his, uh, puts his hands in his pockets and starts kind of uh, feeling around and then turns around and sees the rapier on the ground and uh, picks it up and kind of looks at it and puts it back in his sheath. I was just muttering to himself the whole time. And he's like, I, I don't need lamps. And he grabs his hanky again. He's like, I, I can shine shoes. I can polish blades. I, whatever you need. Just don't leave me. If he wants to come along, he can come along. The worst he can do is get into trouble. The worst he can do is get in the way. I'll I, stay behind. I'm, I, I'm a halfling. I'm very small. I can, I can stay hidden. Just because he doesn't want to be near the enemy doesn't mean he won't be where the enemy is. True. Look, worst case scenario, these fiends from the walls, he says he just points around everywhere, come up behind you and go for me first. That's service, right? Right? Well, see, no, that's a casualty. We don't want We're not that. looking to have casualties. We don't want you to die. We have a safe room with a whole bunch of other people in it. We'd be happy to take you there. You could stay there until we clear this place out and we all walk out together. No problem. And if I have to, after a diplomacy at that, if I need to. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's, he's trying to try roll diplomacy. He's going to be pretty, pretty hard this way. He's, he's a pretty panicked little halfling right now. I mean, at this point, while you're doing that, I'm just going to start walking to the next door. So uh, even with a 20, he is unconvinced. And this uh, this next door has little of use in it either. Just well, I guess he's coming with supplies. us then. <laughs> Most of these rooms do have a lantern uh, full of at least an hour's worth of oil in them. If you want to, those of you without lights want to take a lantern, or if you want to hook up oh, yeah. his name, I suppose, because he introduced himself. If you want Emistos to carry a, to carry a lantern, there are lanterns, right? He he can do that. You can. Uh, I'm gonna wait. Better. Yeah, I'm going to wait for Inori to go and then motion him to follow her and then walk behind him. All right, and he'll have a lamp in his hand, so Amistas now will follow uh, is in the center of the hallway as he can, as far away from all of the walls, doing his best to hold a lantern in front of him as high as his dumb little halfling arms can reach and stay exactly <laughs> in the center of the hallway. All right, Amistas. 
Gross, you want to help us, and I'll go on ahead and open this up and say, we're going this way. And he'll follow. So I will bring him into the, like, I'll, I'll open up the secret door right here. And I'll come inside. And he'll, uh, he stays back with the party because you told him to stick near Inori. So he'll stay uh, around unless you motion for him specifically to come with you. Yeah, come on. Come on, come and look up here at this. And as you open the door, the two uh, Lord Botoles and Sir Plastian kind of lean over the edge as they hear the door opening and look down. And Amistos looks up and sees them as he's motioning him forward. He just shakes his head while they're like, This is the safe room! He said no! <laughs> I tried. I don't want you to get hurt. I don't want me to get hurt either. That's why I want to stay near all the friendly swords. Well, I'll go on ahead and close and, uh, it. As, as you, he says that Lord Batola is close to the hall. Is it? Is it unsafe up here? Oh, Jesus. It's not that it's unsafe up there. It's that he's freaking out. And you hear the... Uh, he is not like a, stable. A scream. And the lady comes uh, almost just sort of rampaging down the stairs at this point now. It's unsafe! No! Take us with you! Protect us! And then she, she hears you say that and kind of stops halfway down the stairs and she's like, I... Are we going? Go back and sit the <laughs> fuck down. <laughs> so they... Yes. With a 25 on Intimidate, you have successfully cowed the woman to go back upstairs. And she just kind of nods, retreating back up into the safe room. And uh, the two guys pull back from the edge after her. That needs to be a quote. Go back and sit the fuck down. Uh, I was scared of this room, but then I realized he's a lot scarier than this room. Yeah, he's a little scarier than whatever they heard from Emistos. Uh, <laughs> as you close the door, yeah, so... Emistos nods. Says, good. Yes, this is good strategy. Keep the group small. That was the original. There, there's a lot of them. We'll be fine uh, with well, just you. Just yeah. be careful. So let's see what's in the middle. So you open up this final door here leading into the center, which appears to lead into uh, some sort of conference room with a long table surfer, uh, surface covered in an ancient green felt uh, dominating the center of the chamber. Uh, there are silver trays dotted around in front of many of the chairs, each holding a set of exquisite crystal glassware and a, call, a tall decanter of very old, very pungent wine and near the center of the table is uh, what appears to be a small thin wooden document box i'm gonna take a look at this stuff because this is my kind of stuff a bunch of fancy glasses and some wine yeah, i'll open the box how long is read magic last would you still have it on i do not believe so. All right. So appraising the set of crystal glassware, if you were able to 
bring the whole thing with you. It's probably worth 700 gold, but you're looking at like eight sets of crystal glassware. Who knows where? Exactly. Inside the box are six scrolls. Um, three of them appear to be identical without read magic. You can't translate any of them. There's also room for a full stack, a sheaf of parchment, but there's just an empty space where that would be. The scrolls are just tucked into the side. Should I praise the wine as well, or is that just part of the set? The wine, the, the canters are part of the set. The wine itself is very gone and worth nothing anymore, except as an incredibly crude oh. poison, maybe. <laughs> I was hoping it was some finely aged wine. Damn. It is some we're well past that. <laughs> it, it, it's it's, it's in open table. cups. It's not like okay, gotcha. aging. It's I thought you meant it was just no, a like, bottle. It's in like pitchers. No, it's gone. That shit's gone, though. Okay. We missed the party. But, uh, Inori, do you have read magic prepared? You don't either. Oh, Neither of you have read magic prepared. What casters? I didn't expect to need read magic multiple times before I would you get to sleep once. Magic. Yeah, Same. that's fair. But you <laughs> if can I take... could sleep, I could. <laughs> yeah, you can take the scrolls with you. Just yeah, put them in your pocket. I put them on my sheet. Yeah, I, I since you get so few cantrips at level one, I specifically made a scroll of read magic. So I'm like, hey, if I need read magic before I'm gonna prepare it, I have it ready. Yeah, just so you have it, you got to use it once. And you identified six scrolls with it, so now you have six more scrolls that you'll have to identify at a later occasion. Well, moving on. So this door, of course, will lead right back into the primary hallway. As a scary is to stay more near than comfortable, holding the lamp aloft. And I mean, at least he's light. Yeah, he's helping. This Let's doorway, if you wish to open it, are you going to open it? Yeah. It's a, it's a whole 15-foot slab that swings open much as the one did below. Uh, and again, you can clearly see as it's open that on the other side, this would have been fairly hidden. Uh, it's clearly just meant to stop people from finding these safe rooms. Again, doesn't do a whole lot of good stopping people from getting out. Uh, as you head into this next chamber here, you can see a series of dusty, but otherwise pristine glass display cases lining all of the walls and uh, filling several assorted displays in the center of this large rectangular display room. A whole area is at least 60 feet wide uh, with the outer walls completely covered in glass displays of armor, save near the two northern and southern doors. Outside this glass, there are two separate rusted and decayed actual sets of the Talden Phalanx armor. Uh, the same that was sculpted into the statues dotting the corners of the prior hallway. Uh, through many of these cases, tarnished, ancient, and discolored weaponry fills the center of the room. Throughout all of this, circles of various irregular and random sizes have been scrawled across the walls with a mixture of chalk and paint, as well as scratched into the surfaces of many of these glass display cases. 
Each of these artifacts bears a faded and crumbling paper tag, now long since illegible, connected with twine. But it's clear it's a display of armors and weaponry throughout a variety of eras. Though much of the gear here is rusted and damaged, it's not unusable. One thing stands out to you. Here, in this case, there is a lone crossbow, finely crafted and whose brass fittings still glint like it was brand new. Talden military symbols, recent, adorn this masterwork, and it is inscribed with the name of General Garifine of the 7th Army of Exploration. Its handle a brass roaring lion, the symbol of Taldor itself. Its status and its standing undamaged clearly defines it as magical, and a brass simple plaque inside labels it Dignity's Barb. This is the only pristine thing in the entire room, I guess. Yes. Everything else appears to be damaged. Uh, damaged or rusted. Not unusable, but damaged. Uh, some of it is new enough that it's not completely broken. And uh, a couple other items. Uh, near Digny's Barb, a hand axe in particular, still shows much signs of age and wear, but is doing much better than its compatriots and also appears to be magical. A shield and the display case across the way is similar. Did I hear upgrades for everyone? And by everyone, I mean me and Dara. Nell, you want to see how sturdy some of this glass is? I know it looks kind of old to me. I think think it might break if someone were to punch it. I'm not willing to put my fist through glass, but I'll put my sword through it. Get you that crossbow, buddy. As you raise your sword and swing it down to bash open the glass display cases over the tinkling of this brittle and ancient material shattering you hear a much louder crunching and clanking noise from the sides of the room followed almost immediately by a second smash as each of the rusted suits of armor at the edge of the room rise in their frames and punch their way forward through their holdings towards the interlopers roll initiative Oh, you guys did it now. So this armor reaches out with an equally rusted longsword that it's carrying and begins to just lumber forward, uh, clanking and sliding through the room as it approaches Nell, you know, the guy who brought the dis display case. I had to roll on this, those two, because he is here. 
uh, Amistos immediately screams in terror, pointing with a finger as the thing approaches before <laughs> moving to try desperately to run about as far away as he can get from everything bad that's happening to him. Which is pretty well, actually. I'm glad he showed us where the bad guy was. Uh, but the armor clanks forward, raises its sword, and swings towards Nell. But the thing is so rusted and decrepit that it has difficulty moving. And as it raises up its arm, the pauldron of its shoulder locks entirely in place. As it tries to swing, the <laughs> jolt of it moving its arm down just lurches the whole armor forward as it wrenches to unlock its arm. Mistos runs screaming out of the room. But not too far, because he is scared. Just right outside the doorway. But still right in the doorway. It's kind of in the way if anyone wanted to retreat out the door. Dara. This play case is It's a 15-foot wide door. The, uh, that is true. It's a 15-foot wide door. Um, the case is smashed. It would take you a move action to pick up and hold that crossbow. Then you have to load it. It's obviously unloaded. But it's there. Available. Uh, all right. Uh, I'll, I had to wait my turn. Or, uh, can I pass in between these two? My yeah, it just takes you. T- it's just like difficult terrain. It takes you ten feet of movement. Okay. To move ally. So, then I'll just move to there, and I'll scoop it up, um, and rapid You're reload. Now holding the crossbow, that's and your token. Yeah, it's fucking sick. Let's rapid um, reload. Make the is it making a free action reload? For a light or one-handed crossbow. Oh, yep, that's a light crossbow. Okay, sweet. Then I slap a bolt in it, and then I'll wait my turn. So you move over and pick it up and quickly pull a bolt out of your, uh... Would you have a quiver? What, yeah, because I brought the crossbow and... Yeah, my uh, my bolts oh, were yeah, on my side. Oh, yeah, they just the crossbow away, so you do actually yeah. show the quiver, because they didn't take the quiver from you. So yeah, you they didn't say I couldn't have that. Quiver and uh, quickly, expertly load this crossbow. Uh, it slides and racks perfectly, as if it was brand new, and the bolt fits in. You are ready to use your character. There we go. <laughs> um, it's time for some spell combat. Um, uh, a five foot step up to the guy, big scary dude. I'm going to cast shield on myself. All right. So you move up and uh, spell combat with one hand. You still need to make a concentration check to cast defensively, because that doesn't just let you automatically cast defensively. Right, okay. So I need to roll concentration, right? Yes. Okay, now I have a feat for that that gives me a bonus to... When you put that on your sheet, Dara, that crossbow's exceptionally light. It only weighs two pounds instead of normal four pounds for a crossbow. Ooh. So it should be like four higher than that, actually, I think. You you pass, regardless. Since you're casting a first level spell, so DC is, what, 17 or 12? It's one of those two. It's 10 plus double spell (laughs) level. Or or 15 plus double spell level. So yeah, 17 to cast defensively. So you defensively cast shield, uh, raising your AC by yet another four. So you're at 19 now for two minutes. Okay, and now... I am going to 
I'm gonna attack the monster. I can't. I can't do the sword thing again. I can't buff my sword again, though. Can I? Because that, that counts. I, I already did a spell. I don't no, know. No, that's, that's a swift. Yeah, this is part of like the swift action is pretty much separate from everything else. Damn. The way your spell combat works is you get to swing with your sword and cast a spell with your free hand, like you were full attacking. It's like swinging twice, but instead of your second swing, you cast a spell. Your two weapon fighting. Yeah, your two weapon fighting with a sword and a spell. That's awesome. That's the uh, swift action separate, so you can also buff your sword as you go to swing your sword immediately. Yep. And just takes Definitely. another one of your arcane pull. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see here. And I'm gonna hit. Try to hit the monster. Whoa. What just happened there? You used your on-character sheet roller, which is the 50 billion dice, which is why we don't use that one Damn instead that. of your macro. But it's okay. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you swing, and your sword just clanks off of this suit of armor. After all, you are trying to beat down a literal animated suit of armor. It's, it's kind of difficult. Uh, you don't appear to have really done any meaningful damage to it. No. This is spooky. I don't like it. So I'm gonna hit it. Combat expertise hit. So with a 23, you see uh, an Ori bounce off and uh, still protecting yourself, keeping your shield up, you commit a little harder to this stroke. You swing harder. Not as if you were trying to cut through a person, but as if you were trying to bash through a door. And as you land with your sword, you deal seven damage to this suit of armor. Baylor. Safe to assume it's knowledge engineering to know exactly what these things are. It's knowledge religion, technically undead. <laughs> Possessed armor, technically undead. There's a lot of weird undead going around here. Yep. So you would know what you're looking at here with a 28 is a clearly a set of phantom armor. In the wide world of Galarian, it's not really uncommon. It's a pretty cool way to show, look how rich I am. Look what I can afford as either defenses or more often just a showpiece. The magic that enchants these is not particularly strong and they're not particularly powerful, but it is a spirit more than just magic. It is undead and a fairly positive energy resistant undead at that. But these ones appear to be very much decrepit. So they're going to be much weaker than they should have been in their prime. Nothing particular about it. Hit it till it dies. I'm gonna five foot step down here and Shoot another wooden spear at this one. This one, I'm assuming, being the one that's already damaged. Yeah. Okay. Did it not ping? It did not, but I figured okay. you were shooting at the already hero one. Pinged on my screen. Come on, roll 20, get with it. And with a 24, your wooden spear shoots hard enough to crack through where Nell had already damaged the breastplate of this already crumbling monstrosity. 
and eight damage is more than enough to just shatter the thing to pieces and send the various bits of its armor clattering across the floor. You're on fire today. This one is very angry that you are literally holding a piece of the exhibit that it is sworn to defend. So as you rack the crossbow and ready yourself, the second phantom armor approaches and takes an, a furious swing at Dara. And it connects as you rack the crossbow before you can turn to move out of the way. And without any armor, it hits you for... Let me see. Seven damage. Uh, Emistos in the back saying the one clatter to the floor. Uh, you see the light shaking as he literally jumps up and down cheering, Yeah! Get him! Give him what for! <laughs> Do what Zekin would! God yes. Damn it. Yes. Darn. Unbelievable. Um, irritating. Uh, I'm gonna have to withdraw, so I don't take any more swings. You can fight which, step. Uh, oh yeah. Is it not large enough to actually smash that far? No, it's one square. It's just medium sized. It's just it's a person sized suit of enchanted armor. Doesn't yeah, have oh, five foot step doesn't provoke. Yeah. No, I was. I don't know why I was with. under the assumption these were like taller than people. Like they were. Just... I guess because uh, these are big circular tokens that fill up their whole thing. No, it's a it's a person sized suit of armor. It's exactly oh, okay. the size of a person. Cool. They're okay. not like giant angry suits of armor. No. Yeah, I thought it was like nine feet tall and it had like a like seven foot long sword and it's like ah no, uh, crap. Regular people sized armor. Right. It was that big. Um, we'd be dead. Then uh, I guess I will rapid shot this bad boy. So I can fire twice with the uh, with also having rapid reload, right? You sure can, because you get a free action reload. Yeah, you just take my suitable shots. Yep. Um, and I'm pretty sure this is right because I just redid this macro to have point blank correct. A bang. Uh, it's definitely not correct. It's two less because I'm an idiot. Uh, so with a 23, I just didn't take out the two for rapid reload. Uh, with a yeah. 23, your first crossbow bolt fired from this thing. It's one higher also because the bow you have in your hand is masterwork. So, oh, uh, right. Okay. So it's 24. So it's actually one lower. So yeah, a 24 it then. thuds into this thing, shattering off one of its pauldrons entirely and taking the back of a gauntlet with it off of its uh, offhand. And then this one, one I will put a minus one statue. into the thing. Should work. And uh, with a nine on the second shot, the second one goes wide. But you hit him once. It does not give you a plus one to damage. Yeah. So, uh, six damage. And he's blown one of the arms off this statue and now only has the arm left wielding the sword itself. Inori. All right. I'm gonna move up. I'm sure I have no problem passing by them. To no, you got it. Get... It's only 15 feet. You're yeah. moving, even moving through your team and pushing past Ari. You have more than enough space to step up uh, and swing at this phantom armor. All right. And I'm going to throw my power attack at the giant armor man with the macros we've created. 
and it's a two-handed power attack. All right, give him one four. So you put your sort of both hands as you step forward, raising it high to just try to smash down through this armor and put this thing on the floor like you have the other one. And uh, with a 20, you do it. Give me the damage. And with a two-handed power attack, mustering all the strength you can behind this sword, Inori, what do you do? Yay, okay. She comes up, splits between the two of you, steps on the steps on the monster's leg, jumps up in the air, and with one swift, powerful two-handed strike, down through the gut she goes. And now it turns about face to you as the monster drops behind her. Literally, as the thing is staggered, you use its own leg to get even more leverage behind your sword, letting gravity assist you as you cleave straight through its breastplate, splitting it in two as its legs just stand alone for a second before what's left of the armor clatters down to the ground. And immediately <laughs> afterward, you hear a rattling bang as you see the light come in and the, la uh, the lamp bounce off the side of the counter next to it as Amistos flung it over towards the armor, either trying to help or overexcited, you're unsure, as he moves back <laughs> into the room, just cheering. Moving back to uh, cheering and apologizing. Moving back to pick his lamp back up off the ground and continue being helpful. Hey, I'll just fellow. Uh, literally starts to almost move into a half a song, be it one with no real melody or rhythm. Well, I'm gonna put the crossbow on my back and just do a light clap for what Anori did, and then continue. Uh, looking around. Oh, she's going to take a bow, of course. Curtsy, nice. whatever the fuck. Same difference. Well, now that these guys are dealt with, what uh, were the other items that you so said? Looking around the room, you can see uh, an addition to Digny's Barb. There is a hand axe in the same, uh, in the same case labeled Giant Slayer, uh, clearly of Olfen make, and a steel kite shield in the case across the way by Dara simply labeled the wall there are also a few medium sized uh, breastplates and sets of leather armor and chain shirts that are in good enough condition for you to wear should you want to put them on uh, but the guardian's dead no one's going to stop you from taking the final thing of note is what appears to be most of a full alchemical lab or at least a diorama of one or the famed natural philosopher Dumos Phantomax. Uh, inside looks to be an actual alchemical lab set up with an assortment of bottles around it filled with something. Uh, anything alchemical. in the room detect is magic. The, the shield, the hand axe, dignity's barb. All detect is magic. Is it the type of alchemical kit that you can, like, pack up and take? Uh, it is functionally a portable alchemist's lab, yes. Neat. Uh, I guess nobody objects to me taking shield. 
Not at all. It's a. Uh, let me see if I can figure out what that shield does for you before you take it. All right. And the portable alchemist left. It's still twenty pounds of kit, but you can take it with you. It's it's half the weight of a regular one. A hard twenty on the spellcraft check. The wall is a plus one heavy steel shield. And it's called the wall. Better than what I currently have. So I will add. I can take the alchemist's kit and the shield, and I'll just keep mine on my back. And uh, check out that axe. With an 18, the axe, the uh, giant slayer, is a, a, an Olfin made plus one hand axe. Not the ideal weapon for a fighting situation, but the magical enchantment makes it a tempting option for now. Well, even if no one uses it, someone should take that. Yeah, I'll just carry it. And I mean, a hand axe still, it's a 1d6 times 3 crit. So it oh trades gosh. the crit range of the longsword for the... Yeah, it only crits on 20s, but it crits for triple. It's it's a cut and stick. If you crit, you just hear right through them. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Just yeah. <laughs> it's, I guess there's no reason trees. for me not to use it for now. It and 20 well, it's power. D6 versus a longsword's D8, but it is D6 yeah. plus one because it's magical, which I think is yeah. generally better, especially because you get the plus one to attack as well. It's probably better to use for now than your longsword. But that's entirely up to you, of course. Yeah, yeah it looks like a lumberjack. Come on. And, and, uh, what's that? and would you... meanwhile, amused is looking through some of these cases as you smashed them himself. And as he looks through, uh, as Nell is packing away the portable alchemist lab, he picks up one of the bottles and just kind of swirls it around. He says, what do you think they put in these? It's food coloring for ours. And uh, uncorks it and smells it. Please tell um, me he, like, blacks out. Be there in a moment. Would you like me to inspect that crossbow, Dara? Hmm. As you yes, ask him, he froze his brow. He's like, this isn't water! What is this? And holds it up and looks at it, and then uh, moves over and sticks out the Nell. Smell this. I guess I'll <laughs> smell it. But am I smart enough to know not to just inhale alchemical components? I mean, make me a perception check. You would know how to inspect an alchemical component. That's perception to identify any sort of alchemical product like that. Uh, with an 18, that's a potion of cure light wounds. Okay. I'll uh, I'll mention that to... This smells right. like it heals me. Yeah. And, uh, and I'll hold the crossbow. As you mentioned that, Amistas moves back around and uh, flicks over and starts. It puts the lamp down on the counter and corks a second one and smells it. And corks it and puts it back down, picks up a third one and smells it and corks it and puts it back down. And he's just going down the, the line of display bottles there, smelling a bunch of them. Uh, I'm going to look at that crossbow. So he hands you the crossbow and he casts the tech magic and look it over. It's interesting. The crossbow gives off a powerful aura of divination. It's strong. You, could, you barely were able to identify it with a 23. But... It doesn't 
seem to have very much magic in it at all. Uh, as far as you can tell, this is a standard Masterwork Darkwood Light Crossbow. So Masterwork plus one to attack, and Darkwood means it weighs half. And the only enchantment you can discern is that if you... Uh, it has some sort of guidance to it. That's the divination, a little bit of guidance. If you were to fire this in any situation where you would have a mischance, that mischance is five less. So instead of a 50-50 to shoot an invisible target, you have a 55-45. Slightly better. Mm. For such a powerful aura and such a legendary weapon that you've heard about it up above, seems a very mild enchantment. Interesting. Hmm. That's a weird perk. It like it it slightly homes in on people. Just a little bit. It doesn't like fully like ninety degree on anybody, but it's like it curves. It's like wanted. It's very slightly guided. <laughs> do Do I feel like if I were to get a like were I better at identifying stuff, there might be more to this, or do I feel like I have gotten all I could have gotten? You're not really sure. Not sure. Okay. But with an aura this powerful, you're positive there's gotta be something more to this. Yeah, like I, I, I definitely feel like there's something more to this. And it's not so much that you feel like you weren't able to identify it. You feel uh, similar to the looking glass above, as though it's simply un inactive. Like there's some latent power in Dignity's barb that's just not functioning. Could be it's been here too long. Could be there's something missing from it. Thank you all the same. And I'll string it back on my back. So as you look at that, Amistos turns right as uh, Baylor comes up, and he has a potion in each hand, uh, one looking identical, and you recognize some display from a cluster of the three of them that were standing in front of the uh, actual... Uh, laboratory itself, and one that's a dull green that was a different color and set a bit aside. And he holds the two of them out to you. He says, these two aren't water! Don't know what they are, but this one smells the same as the first one. This one smells old, musty. Here, take them. And uh, almost like pushes them into Baylor's hands. Well, I'll inspect the musty looking one, or smelling one. With a nine, no idea what that is. It smells old, but you, you got no clue what that is. That's old. I'll take a look at it. It's a perception check. So you, uh, yeah, you hand it over ha! to Nell and <laughs> recoils it. weird, right? But yeah, just to say, smell this. Doesn't smell good. Oh, you don't know what it terrible. is. terrible. You can't even tell if it's a potion or some just like outdated anti venom or something. Dara, come smell this. Oh, seven. He's not positive either. Can Inori crack the mystery oh. of the pale green potion? Inori. A musty liquid. Give a it here. Musty I, liquid. I wouldn't ask a girl to smell something like this. That's just rude. Come on. We need to know. <laughs> oh, for Christ's sake. With a 16, it's very old. And it's taken up an odor not much its own. But you can tell this is not a not entirely inert potion of bull strength. 
And any of you can quickly verify the second potion that uh, you know, in his, that Emustos handed you was yet another potion of Cure Light Wounds, so you have two. I'll take one of those. If no one yeah, else, I'll both take of one of those. One. I am a little hurt. Well, at least you guys are wearing armor now, right? Yeah, you got no. so you got two. You got two potions of Cure Light Wounds. Oh, yeah, anybody wants to grab leather armor, studded leather armor, a chain shirt, or a breastplate, or uh, a common oh. mundane weapon can do so as well. I will slap on oh. that chain shirt. Yeah, though the yeah. non-magical weapons are somewhat rusty and brittle and may not be reliable, but it's better than nothing. Dar fits himself into another Talden crested military shirt uh, on display from a period a couple hundred years back. Armor's armor. Yeah. And that's statistically just a chain shirt. You're fine. It's just normal. Yeah. So now my sheet is correct. So. Anybody else want anything from the gallery of rearming before we sally forth? Were there any more of them healing potions laying around, or is it just those two that we found? Uh, just the two. And How uh, long has it been there since the... we... I'll just say there was initially there was the display of the uh, the lab all set up and uh, Nell broke down and it had three little pink potions and a pale green potion in front of it. And that was all that there was. The, the rest of them, uh, Emisos went through them. There's a couple more that were scattered around them, like otter vials and uh, filters, but he pushed them all to the side and they're just kind of in a pile now. They said they were just colored water or expired. Um... How long has it been since I've gotten my last uh, non-lethal health back? Uh, it's... Has it been at least an hour? You spent like two hours in this is a safe room, yeah, so you'll have your non-lethal back by now. I mean, I still I had six still. Oh, you would have gotten two more back. Okay, sweet. I just wanted to know. Just in I case I get punched again. I thought you were done at your last one. I, I yeah, you have two more back. Okay, sweet. So now I'm down to... Uh, so we have two Cure Light Wound potions. Uh... I would like to use one. Nori said she'd like to use one. If that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Saves us going back and spending 10 gold anyways. Exactly. Yeah, you, can just, you can just slash roll the A plus one for this. Okay. Might be a bit sour from age, but they'll do their job. So Dari gets three health back. And Anori gets nine. Anori's fully healed. All right, whatever. So yeah, Anori's wounds close completely as she's healed from the encounter with the Walkafins originally. Uh, Dara still bears a bit of the cut from where the Phantom Armor slashed him, but he's largely okay. And that also uh, heals the non-lethal three more, doesn't yep, it? Yep, that does take out three more of your non-lethal, because you get three health and yeah. three non-lethal back. Okay, you get the sweet. double dip, because you got non-lethal damage. Yeah. Double dip. So, I just have one more. With that, with the party fairly successfully rearmed and prepared as well as they can be for the journey onward, that's a perfectly good place for us to stop for the week, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, we can go for a few more hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's pretty sick. Yes. Yeah, you guys get to... I thought the weather the crowd wasn't going to...